this good technique, he will be elite. If his technique becomes great, not just good, then he's a Hall of Famer. Fighting through contact, fighting through offensive line, being a double team, multiple moves stacked into one. Just a play of pure domination. This is actual film, this is actual football talk. It's a football show, so it's football, not storylines. And you are listening to another edition of Blue It Splits, the final edition before um, the regular season. The next time I see you guys, I'll be doing a breakdown of the Jets at Carolina Panthers game, uh, most likely, unless I see you um, before then on the live stream, depending on how quick the, the film gets out, or hopefully the film, um, depending on how the NFL is doing that now. But um, had a blast this offseason. Um, with you guys doing these film reviews, I think this is going to be, this is 36 in total, um, reviews that I've done. Most of them being, you know, anywhere from 30 minutes to some three, four hours. You know, we had Wilson, we had four parts of Wilson again, new subscribers, go check all all the stuff out. Um, but four parts of Wilson, ABT, uh, Elijah Moore, Michael Carter, uh, the running back, Sherwood, Carter, the second or, or Carter, the cornerback, Pinnock, Nazaludin, Eccles. Jonathan Marshall, Yaboa, Isaiah Dunn, Rashid Jr., two parts of Lawson, two parts of Corey Davis, Jared Davis, Rankins, Moses, Cole, Joyner, Vinny Curry, Tevin Coleman, Dan Feeney, Tyler Croft, Blair, Niesman, Hardy, Shaq Lawson, and three preseason games. So um, done a lot, and uh, we're just going to keep rolling. So now we have the regular season. Now we have uh, the bigger part. It never ends. Uh, the, only, the only month I'm really not watching stuff is – maybe January. That's about it. Maybe a little bit of February, but those are the only two months where I'm, I'm not really watching a lot of stuff. So those months are my real break months. The summer is not a break at all um, in terms of what I do for JetX and uh, for you guys. But other than that, uh, again, Carolina, I'll be there. Uh, if you want email, whatever, uh, I really did not doing anything official, uh, going to a bar before the game, going to the game, whatever. But if you'd like to meet up, let me know. Um, be there with a couple of buddies. I know Kyle Smith will be there. I know Nani will be there. Um, a couple of my buddies will be there, obviously. Um, that's about it. Other than uh, fantasy, oh yeah, fantasy draft last night with a couple of JetX subscribers. That was a good time. Um, 18 of us. It got really interesting. Some of the bottom of the rosters are really barren, um, but I got the number one draft grade, which is which is cool. I'm in I'm in six leagues, um, which is a lot, but. They're kind of it's kind of weird how it worked out. Just because I, I don't like to say like I won't like create a new league necessarily, but I won't really say no. So I have the JetX subscribers want to do with the, with those guys. Um, have the JetX writers have one. Uh, so sorry, JetX subscribers, JetX writers, um, one friend group, another friend group. First work that I worked at, um, first police station, or actually really second police station. And then the, my, my home now is my second or my, really my third police station, but I have another one of those guys. So I'm in six and uh, four out of six so far. Um, I have got the number one draft grade, which means I'm going to win none of them. And then I have another uh, two more drafts, I think. So we'll see how those turn out. But you guys probably don't give a shit, but I'm just going to talk. So today doing a review of the uh, Jets-Eagles game. I, I kept it pretty short because, listen, it was almost a week and a half ago. By the time you guys watch this, who gives a shit? You know, I, I get it. Um, but I try to do more players who are going to be on the roster. And it, it's not a, a big review. It's, 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 I think, like 24 plays. So 
it'll be about an hour. I'm not even going to harp on a lot of plays. I just, I, I just, I was thinking about just pushing it off, not even worrying about it. Who, who cares? But um, I don't think that that's right to just push off a whole game worth of stuff we could be watching, you know? So uh, let me lower this a little bit. Um, so going to get into that, let's say, I think it's 24, please. Um, oh, 27, please. Still run through it pretty quick. A little bit over an hour probably will take me. Um, and then after that, I will be doing a quick preview of the Panthers game. Um, I don't like to do like a whole like hour thing on it just because then the show, because I, I, I do the film reviews of the previous game and then that, and the shows would end up being like four hours, five hours long. And I just, I just can't commit to that. So I try to keep the actual review of the game. Obviously the, the longest part, that's the most important part than previewing it because in, instead of taking time off the actual game, it just happened. Um, and previewing what could happen. I'd rather watch what happened and, and break it down with you guys. So that's kind of what, how it works with that. You should do like a, a 15, 20 minute preview. Um, and then uh, also do the pickums. So we have 10 people in the pickums. Um, and again, if you beat one of the JetX guys and the JetX guys, it's myself, Nania, Sabo, uh, and Kyle Smith. I guess you can consider him or not. Like he's, he's a, he's a JetX guy at this point. So if, if you beat us, you get a shirt and, Maybe we talk about um, a free year subscription or, or whatever it may be. By the way, Elijah Moore, because uh, people always ask. And uh, that's, that's about it. If you are going to the Panthers game, I recommend. You don't have to. Um, just It doesn't really creep into people's mind. If you are going, you have a green jersey, wear green. It shows a lot more than white because Panthers wear white. It shows, shows more, a lot more to the, to the people on the, on the field, the, the team on the field, than black because the Panthers also wear black. So if they see a bunch of green, it's like, okay, that's obviously a Jets fan. So when I go to away games, unless the team doesn't wear one of the color, I try to wear a color that the team doesn't wear. So like a lot of teams wear, well, there's a decent amount of teams who wear black now, but like Bill's game, you can wear black. You know, Pat's game, black. Dolphins game, black. But I'm not a big, uh, I don't really wear a lot of white jerseys, to be honest. One, you go to a tailgate in a white jersey, by all means, uh, good luck. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it's, it's more like a home jersey, I feel like, is a white jersey. It's just risky. Barbecue sauce, ketchup, mustard, hot sauce, buffalo wings. Mm-mm. That's not my deal. Um, okay. Let's get in. Oh, I was about to go one through. See, I almost, I almost screwed up. I just did a player review. The last show, Shaq Lawson, which is out again. Um, so go watch that. I almost just went one through, uh, one through 27. So, they win the game. We start with studs. We lose a game. The Jets lose a game. We start with duds. It was a tie overall. I think it's the best possible tie you can ask for. And um, so we'll go. We'll go with the uh, with the studs first. Even though if the Eagles player were smart, who after the Dan Brown fumble, um, he would have just you know kneeled it or just fell on the ground. And Jets had no timeouts. They could have just kneeled the ball for the win. But excited, didn't think about it. But. Um, I'm sure the coaches were actually like, listen, or t- to them, if he were to just kneel the ball right there, just stay on the ground, uh, they'd have been much more impressive than scoring a touchdown. That is for damn sure. So, because he cost them, you know, a win. So, but still, overall, good game, positive vibes for the most part. Um, we'll start with the studs. The third stud of the game, again, third being the worst of the three studs, and uh, the first being the best. So, I had Kenny Yeboah as the third. Um, I, if I really want to get nitpicky, I can even not put him in here. 
Um, again, just being completely transparent again, I say stats don't mean everything. You got to look at the process in which things happened. And when we look at some of the plays that he put up, um, they weren't maybe as impressive as some people thought, maybe on initial watch or just watching the stat line, but it is what it is. Um, here, just two by two, gun, and you know, towards the end of the game. And this is a touchdown where he's just, he's just going to run. He said it was a slant to seam. Um, it could have it could have been a slant, a deeper slant that he just that he just took vertical um, because it's a cover two, and that's at least what it looks like. Here. It looks like a Tampa um, where he where this linebacker, the middle linebacker, is going to open um, to the to the passing strength. That passing strength is the two receivers instead of the one tight end, one receiver. Um, so he opens to the strength, and they just spot drop. This guy widens a little bit too much. Um, and Yaboa just takes it right up the middle, and it's a relatively simple touchdown. But um, I'm going to try to play the plays. I'll, I'll talk about the play a little bit before, maybe sometimes, and then play the play, and then break it down, maybe frame by frame. But I know people want me to. I've heard that multiple times. People want me to play it the, all, the whole way through. Shine. Um, gives me time to drink water. Yeah, could obviously could have been a slant, and that's what that's what he said post game interview. So he runs a quick slant sees this linebacker um, not looking towards him, sees open field and just looks back at Morgan and just breaks it into the open part of the field. So good job taking it vertical. That's a, that's a good adjustment to the route. But in terms of the linebacker who's covering that, if this is, you know, if they're matching, zone matching, and it's not just a spot drop, um, he's not going to widen. Um, one, or he'll, he'll stay more over the top and he won't just completely disregard him to carry him. Even if he's just spot dropping though, he's in his zone. He needs to, he needs to at least take him, um, for an extra second that he doesn't right here. So he plays in terrible coverage, just linebacker, um, spot drop or, or, or matching doesn't matter. Um, he's definitely, he's definitely spot dropping, which again, spot dropping, you're covering open grasses or open. You're just covering grass. You're just covering that spot in the grass where, where matching is more, you're, it's basically man coverage. It's zone coverage, but it's, it's more of man coverage and zone coverage. And when guys start to pass off into zones, that's when you switch on guys. But match looks almost more like man than, than zone for, for the most part. So he would, he would match him right here. Um, as soon as he gets into his zone and then carry him as long as there's not, no, the, the one cuts depending on what the, what the defense is, but like, you know, maybe, maybe if he went vertical, he would match him until he passed him off to the safety, then drop to the, to the one, if he in cuts, but if the, if the one doesn't in cut, he would match him up the seam too. And they end up like, like uh coning him, or not like coning him, but like double teaming him. Um, so Again, relatively easy play. Touchdown. Is it the most complex thing? No, not really. So good, but at the same time, kind of underwhelming at the same time. All right. I had to pause it for a second there. Actually, not for a second. I paused it for quite a while, um, probably like an hour or two. Had some house stuff to do, got it done. Um, and in terms of that play for Kenny Yaboa, it wasn't. I'm not saying it was, I forget the word, the, the, the verbiage I, I used literally like however long ago. Uh, underwhelming, I think I said. It wasn't underwhelming in terms of um, like what he did. He did what he needed to do, but maybe it was a little bit less impressive than what we thought when we initially watched it um, during the broadcast. And then obviously when they showed the replay, it was, it was pretty obvious. It was like, oh, okay. Um, relatively simple play. And then the other play I have from him, he had another catch on the sideline. Um, that was a pretty nice ball by Morgan. It looked like a sale concept and he was an intermediate read of the sale concept. Um, 
and he bought, he body caught it. I, I believe it wasn't a hand sketch. So I was kind of like, Oh, all right. You know, all right. He got his, he got his feet in, um, wasn't like toe tapping, but he had had enough sideline awareness. So, um, decent play again, you'd like to see more than, um, the hands catch, but let's see here. Oh, I guess I didn't cut this. <laughs> yeah, I didn't cut this for whatever that happens sometimes we're usually recording, then you cut it, but, uh, this was not cut. So here's a play. Obviously, we we know at this point. Obviously, this was after the uh, the Daniel Brown fumble and return. It gave the Jets time to to come back. What fourth and whatever that was? Let's say what was it? Fourth and four. Six seconds. They could have maybe tried to take one more shot along the sideline just to get a little bit closer. Um, but at that point, it's still kind of going to be the same deal. You know, forty yard shot, fifty yard shot. What's what's the difference really? Um, good job. Obviously, I'm not even really here to talk about Morgan because he's not on the team anymore. Now, in terms of the catch by Yaboa, obviously they're they're coached to go into the end zone um, and a couple of yards past the the the, the line of gain because you want to attack. You don't want to attack the ball on the goal line. Um, and not have to be a touchdown. So you want to go a couple of yards deep into the end zone, at least a yard or two. Now in terms of the catch, I watched it from a couple of different angles. I'm just trying to be honest. Uh, that's, that's what it is here. How nice is this catch? If you, if you look at it frame by frame, one, he doesn't hand sketch it. You can see these are his two hands. One, two, the ball actually goes through his hands into this guy's like arms kind of. And like bounces back into your bow is like forearms and then they wrestle for the ball. Like that's, that's all it, that's all it was. It's not, it's not like he hands caught it. It's not like he body caught it. If this guy wasn't here behind him, this probably actually goes through his arms. Watch. So in terms of like, Oh, such a great game. Like, yeah, it, it was okay. Like the touchdown I just showed, he, he ran a slant. The guy was in spot coverage. Good job. You know, taking it vertical, but all right. And then this, like, again, watch frame by frame. I can, it's, it's a longer video, so it's going to be harder, actually. But you can see, ball. See, see the ball right there? This is his hand. This is his hand. If this guy's hands weren't here and he didn't like kind of hit it into him, it's not even a catch. It might, it might bounce off his forearm. Maybe he catches after he bounces off his forearm, but I, I doubt it. Next frame. Now, he's going to catch it. He actually probably has the ball in his hands right here. But because you, you bow his forearm, an arm is between the ball um, and him bringing it into his chest as defender, he kind of comes down with it. So now, again, you, see, you can see it bounce right there. I think it's a combination, not of his hands. I think it was his form and his hands at the same time, kind of. You can see like simultaneously. It, it, to me, watching back in, in fast motion again, it probably looked like his form, and then this guy's hands went around it, but it helped him kind of control the ball. And then he just then he, now now he has two arms on him where this guy kind of has just one arm, and then he's gonna pull it down. So like in terms of oh yeah like you know it's, it's is it a DeAndre Hopkins catch you know uh, last year gets the Bills you know the the, the Hale Murray they call it now um, no when you look at it frame by frame it was it was all right you know but again just to be fair it'd be different if he caught it himself or caught it with his hands it's just a, it would be a different ball game again. Uh, could blow up every player um, in terms of them doing the greatest thing alive. And I wouldn't highlight that frame by frame, but I got to be honest, um, as you guys know, um, Josh Johnson, 
I put him in here as a number two stud and he's a part of the practice squad now, which is good. I actually think that, you know, in a game, I rather have, this is the thing. If he's going to be on your practice squad, why is Mike white on another practice squad to me? I don't, I rather have the chance of him getting poached and having a like not even an okay backup quarterback. Josh Johnson's a bad backup quarterback, but at least you feel somewhat comfortable with him coming to the game and managing an offense. Like he looked in control, um, accurate, uh, made his, even though the reads were pretty simple, like he had a lot of like slant flats and stick concepts, like things that are pretty simple that, that I saw, um, some sale concepts. So he had a relatively simple game plan, but he operated, he looked comfortable. He, 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 uh, navigated through pressure. Like there were some things that he did that I've never seen from Mike white, um, or Morgan on a consistent basis. So Josh Johnson, just being seven for eight for 73 yards with a touchdown looked better than Mike white or, or James Morgan ever looked. So in a game situation, if Donald or not Donald, if Wilson, I'm not, I'm going to say the, 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 he sprains his finger. Okay. Just sprains his finger. He, he can come back in the second half, but the first half he has to go into the locker room, all the stuff. And they're still playing the game. Mike White has to come in for a drive or two. You're screwed. He's just, he's just not an NFL quarterback. Josh Johnson comes in. He can at least manage it. Like give your team a shot, just a shot to win the game. And now obviously, you know, Zach Wilson to Josh Johnson, it, it, declines rapidly uh, the chance of winning but there is still a chance um with mike white in the game there's just he can't throw the ball um he panics with pressure you know there's a there's a ton of problems we've seen through through the preseason so josh johnson just showing up on the field and looking like an nfl quarterback was enough um for me to to give him the number two stud of the game because i think he probably earned himself a spot on the practice squad but i just don't get putting him not on the active roster and mike white on the active roster Unless, unless the Jets think that Mike White, based on what he showed, would get poached by who? I, the Jets have the worst backup quarterback situation in the league. Um, maybe there's one or two worse, you know, if you actually went and watched some guys, but they are, have a terrible backup quarterback situation. And it's an area where I spoke about <clears throat> plenty of times. I, I think Joe Douglas has failed at backup quarterback this year. He just has. You know, I, I feel much more comfortable, even with Joe Flacco back there. Joe Flacco... Brian Hoyer, obviously Nick Foles, Nick Mullins. Um, I know Nick Mullins looked like garbage against the Jets, but he's not as bad as Mike White. <laughs> so I just, I don't get it. But for uh, first on third and nine. Um, they, they run this concept. They, they run this, this, this um, it's like a levels type concept. It's, it's not, it's not a, it's not a smash, but um, they run a lot with the outside receiver running the dig and then the, the inside receiver running a, uh, a out and it could be it's probably one two um unless it's a short situation then it might be one two um but it acts as like a levels you know just high read low read um and they they run this multiple times in the preseason i've noticed so um they go back to one of their familiar route combinations here vincent smith in terms of the route um could have been a lot better to be honest in terms of the break he starts to break at the before the 30 yard line and bends it all the way to the 25 and then, and then catches the ball with his chest. Um, not the most impressive route, you know, from, from me. Again, now in off coverage, you don't necessarily have to run a square break or square cut. Like you don't have to break down like he was if he was in man coverage right right on top of your hip. Um, but even with him a little bit off, could you afford a, a two, three-yard speed cut inside to create that separation? Um, yes, but a five-yard rounded cut with not a lot of explosion. Um not the best. He's just, there's a, there's a lot here. And just like the difference, like speed cut, 
square cut, like, you know, the square cut, he's going to throw a stop step or two. You know, he, it, we, he could either do like right, left, stop, right, break. Um, but with speed cuts, you're just, you're just breaking um, off of the foot away from the break. So you're breaking left, you break your right. Breaking right, you break your left. And you're just going to throw that one break step, not B-R-E-A-K, not B-R-A-K-E. Um, some people call stop step break steps. I, I don't like to do that because then it confuses the shit out of people. So um, he's not committed at all to that break step. You see he's, he's upright. Um, his hands are pretty wide, not leaning into it at all. He's not overextending for it, but you can see him already leaning out of the break, leaning out of the break before the break. So that's tipping off the break not committed at all to the break. You want, to be, you want to be more over that. And it leads to him just running around a route, you know? Just no commitment to that. But yeah, I, don't, I really do not like that route from Smith and Smith. Like you're trying to make the team, let's see a little bit more effort in terms of the route. But good job by, you know, by Johnson, again. He's reading this concept, seeing him opening. Vincent Smith room inside. Where is he going to, where's he going to throw the ball inside on third down, right? in the money again, and Vincent Smith in terms of want to attack the ball, don't want to body catch the ball when you're, when you're body catching the ball like that, obviously, what do you, I don't know if you can hear the ice, there's the ice cream man outside my house. <laughs> I don't know if you guys can hear it in the background. Um, but what does that, what does that do now? Instead of taking that, that extra, let's say not even yard, it's not three, probably not three feet, but let's just say, you know, couple of, couple of feet to attack the ball. That's the farther the ball is away from the defender. Obviously it's pretty simple. I'm just really dumbing it down. When you attack it, when you attack it with your body or let it hit your body, you're giving the defender much more of a chance to stick his hand in there and um, deflect it. And obviously bounce off your chest. A lot. Your hands are a lot more secure than your chest. You're, you're, you're trapping it when you're doing that. And just not as, it's not as uh, consistent. So, Getting bad break. Yeah. But Josh Johnson does a good job reading it. Obviously, third and nine, the money down, he, he converts. So I put him in there. I didn't put a lot of plays from Josh Johnson, who, you know, again, this is a really short review for, for a reason. I know the lack of interest in the, in the Eagles game is out there from, from both me or you and I. Uh, Josh Adams, put him in here um, as a number one, 12 rushes, 62 yards. Rewatching it, he definitely runs hard. He definitely runs with with good pace. Um, and for a taller guy, he seems to be able to break pretty pretty sharply, which is good. Like again, considering his size, he's not he's not Maurice Jones Drew or you know Nick Chubb. Like you know they're, they're different running backs, but he's not he he can't cut like some of the better running backs in the league. You know CMC and Kamara and all this stuff. But for his height, it's it's relatively good. But watching back. It was a lot of the run blocking, to be honest. Like he he ran okay or he ran well, but it's not like he did anything spectacular to me. I'm watching back, but still good. Um, I did run blocking. I think plus plus. Uh, um, wow, Josh Adams. I just completely blanked down on his name. So three by one tight end is attached right here. Let's watch. Mid inside zone. Again, it's a little bit harder. I, I hate I hate watching the trenches from the broadcast view. It, it's 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 brutal, um, to be completely honest. But 
the offensive line overall does a pretty good job. Let's see. Listen, like in terms of the run, sorry, I, I, I didn't let it play again. See, that's, I'm, that's working something I'm working on if you're watching. I am working on letting it play the first time whole, all the way through. Um, but he gets the first down. I'm watching full speed real quick. In terms of his reads, you know, if it is, if it is mid zone, which it looks like it, it is a mid outside zone, this, this, the email right here is going to be his, 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 his read. And just based on him being, you know, pretty much, pretty much even uh, helmet up with, with a uh, fan, with a lot of room outside, he's going to take it. Um, obviously cutting in the middle, there's more, there's more chance of traffic getting to you. You know, there's obviously more guys pursuing from the inside to the outside. You're working towards the side and there's not going to be as many guys. Um, so he decides to, to bounce the run, which is obviously fine, but how great of a run was it by him? You know, pretty generic. If, if he didn't make, if he didn't get yards out of this, it would be really, really bad. So he kind of did as expected here. Like he got what was blocked for him. Um, now in terms of the offensive line, not getting to like any of the, the footwork and that type of shit, because I'm just, I'm not doing it from the broadcast angle. I really do hate it. Um, but everybody does a pretty good job. You have, you have, you have Feeney right here who he did let up a pressure to this game. He had a bad play on a run, on a run block. I think George Fan actually that, that play that everybody was talking about with, uh, with, um, Hearn, no, not Herndon, uh, Wesco missing a block. It was actually looked at to be on George Fant. Now you'd like to see, you know, Wesco adjust on the fly, but it was George Fant's assignment. But in terms of um, Feeney, he looks like he's a, probably like a three tech. He's a little bit outside of him. So he wants to, he wants to step laterally to get that, that positional leverage outside of him. Um, instead of like the physical leverage, we talk about, you know, driving underneath a guy, you know, base blocking on more of like, you know, um, a power counter sweep, whatever it may be. Um, he wants to reach him. So he's going to take lateral steps, make sure he covers, make sure he covers the play side gap. So he gets over and then attacks him. Cause if he was work to attack him and he was to go outside, he would have outside leverage. So he wants to make sure to get lateral, then get to him. It's lateral. It's to him. I wasn't, I wasn't talking at like strict of an angle, like lateral then to him. Like it's obviously not that, not that, black and white, but outside first, then it, then to him. Hand placement. Good. Reaches him. Now you're pinning him inside. Or sealing him inside, whatever you want to call it. And I don't really care about your terminology with that stuff. Uh, also good job by Fant and uh, Brown. Now, because he's so far outside, like typically with, with, um, Morton's, uh, Benton's uh, Morton, John Morton, Jesus, um, Benton's blocking scheme. He typically wants, um, his first step to be more of like an on step, like more, um, gaining a little bit, a little bit of ground and then be working on your in step, like gain and a little bit over like an on step, just over and up. But because he's so far outside and they're trying to, to, to uh, they're going to combo if he, if he spikes right inside and then we get to the backside backer uh, or the middle, the, the mic right here. Um, but because he's so far outside, he needs to cheat and kind of cross his feet a little bit. I know, I know Benton doesn't love that, but it depends on, on how far the block he is in, to, in relationship to the blocker. So again, he's, he's really lateral right here with like more of like that drop step. 
drop step crosses over, but that's because he's cheating and he, and uh, he's cheating to overtake it because they they want to they want to climb with with uh, eighty seven. Whereas if this is more of like an inside zone, he would just block to go screws to screws, like more just helmet to helmet. But he's kind of he's cheating to overtake. Um, Brown obviously doesn't even engage in the block. He, he might throw his hand a little bit right there. Like I can't, obviously you can't hundred percent tell. Looks like he probably does just based on his elbow right here. Um, probably pops up the outside shoulder a little bit just to get fan, you know, better positioning on him. Caught in the chest a little bit, but grabs him, drives his feet, maintains contact. Um, also a good job by Brown. Like I said, popping his guy up, driving him down the field. That's, and that's typically when I was watching the jets, um, during the preseason, I would see Brown and he, and for the most part, when I watched him, like corner of my eye type stuff, like I wasn't focusing on Brown. Um, he seemed to be blocking pretty well. So that's obviously a positive for him and also a good job by, by Barrios climbing up the field, stalk blocking the, the corner, um, driving his feet, maintaining contact as long as he can, you know? So overall, Feeney pinning his guy inside, reaching him, seal him inside, Fant. Again, more of a more of a drop step to cross over instead of that on step you're talking about. Gets his hands on. Uh, Brown most likely pop up the, the, the shoulder. Good angle to the linebacker. And Barrios. You know, they all do a pretty good job here for him. And uh good first down. See next play. I have a couple plays in. I think, yeah, three more left. Let's see. Hold on. All right. Let's look. Run blocking, Feeney pull, plus Adams. So, again, probably another play where you're looking at the, the run blocking being just as good as Josh Adams on this play, concerning I put it first, but um, let's watch. Again, you like the aggression he, he runs with. Um, And they just run the running trap. They, they, which by the way, I put a couple times in this play uh, in this game, and I just put it here in general. I didn't put it in here. Then I saw it again two or three times. So it seems like they're going to mix. Obviously, no team just runs just outside zone, just inside zone, just trap, just power, just sweep, just pin and pulls. Um, you know, pin and folds. There's a bunch of different G lead. You know, there's so many different types of runs, um, duo, but they're going to mix it up. Um, and I saw a decent amount of trap in this game. I was like, okay, maybe they're trying some more trap up and they're going to run it a little bit more than we think. Um, it'll still primarily obviously be outside mid zone, um, with some, some inside zone, um, heavily in there as well. But we're going to see a trap right here where you could literally see both, um, Moses and the right guard just completely, uh, pass blocking on, on 98. And if anything, they do a good job sidestepping him and throwing him by them. So um, what that does for like more of attacking fronts, more of the four, more of the four, three, when these guys come up field really quick like that, um, you're, you're, you're trapping them right into a block where, where if they were to, where if he was to sit this down and engage with seven, with, uh, with Moses or the right guard, um, it would, this play wouldn't work. So this, you really need to run these type of plays versus uh, attacking fronts. It could work for, for a, a two-gapping guy, um, but you better be careful that he doesn't you know, try to stack one of your guys because 
now he's completely vacating his gap. And if somebody shoots that gap, you're pretty much screwed. So it's, it's a, it's a play called against the more attacking fronts because you're, you're, you're depending on this guy shooting up the field a little bit. Um, so again, Moses does a good job <clears throat> kind of throwing a by pushing up, pushing him up past the running back's track too. So not kind of a little wrinkle of it. Um, <clears throat> and then Feeney's going to pull to it. Good job taking a higher angle. He doesn't, he doesn't want to get too low. And if he were to be on balance, engage him and get over the top of the run. So you, you want to take more of a, more of a high to low um, angle, high to low angle. You know, he's tripping a little bit, which is a good job by these guys and probably him expecting some contact and not getting it and probably being a little bit heavy on his hands leaning forward. See, so he expects a contact, leans forward again, and they kind of Olay him. Hands on the back, throw him forward. And then Feeney just makes sure to uh, get a little bit of a forearm there and shove him, bring him to the ground. He's probably going to the ground anyway, but that form definitely helps him. Good job. Um, by the rest, let's see, let's see the rest of the line. Again, now you have Brown climbing, blocking outside. Inside-out relationship for an inside run. Good job. Levin um, blocking back to the one-tech. Patience. Patience. He doesn't want to get to him too quickly because he wants an out, it, another, another inside-out relationship. Inside-out, inside-out. Trap. So obviously this is the, the hole they're trying to hit. Boom. Wide open. Now, in terms of um, Adams, good job just lowering his, lowering his um, helm a little bit and working through some arm, arm contact. But this linebacker, safety, whatever he is, um, doesn't take a great angle. Obviously, seeing where the run's going, he should probably be a little more patient here and get over the top. But backup linebackers um, overruns it, a little bit too aggressive. And Josh Adams, again, just hits the hole that's there, breaks this arm tackle, which every running back should break. The good thing about him is just the explosion and the decisiveness to hit the hole. But again, this is more offensive line than running back. I, I, I think, you know, nine out of 10 running backs hit this, hit this hole. If they don't, there's, there's probably a pretty large problem. I could see Tevin Coleman, you know, at times maybe taking too big of a step and not being able to change directions as, as quickly as Josh Adams can, but that's kind of reaching, you know, to be honest. So Good, good run blocking. So this, it's really a combination of just the run game that, that is the number one side of this game. They shouldn't really put Josh Adams. It's the run game. Uh, run blocking Adams again. So let's watch. Again, another mid-outside zone. The, uh, the E-mall, the end man on the line right here is going to be his read. If he gets outside on Fant, um, he's going to cut it inside um, or, or go to his next read at least and, and see what he's doing. But um, if he's going to get, if he, if he's going to get reached or, or if he dives inside and fan has outside it and he's just going to bounce it outside. Now, if he widens and then his, his next read goes to the D tackle and the D tackle, you know, is either pinching inside or getting outside, then, then kind of change what he's doing in terms of his cut outside, but, or not like, again, now if you were to have inside out, outside or, or, uh, inside out and Outside in, then he hits the B gap. Now, maybe if you have both both um, inside out relationships from the offensive lineman to the defensive line, now, now maybe he bends it back even farther. But if if it's kind of like outside and inside, 
or outside and outside. And, and he's even getting over the top. Like they're kind of crashing down. He might bounce outside regardless, but I'm getting kind of, I'm, I'm talking about stuff that's unnecessary to be completely honest. So first read. Fant inside out relationship, right? Getting a little bit more of a good drop step. Engage, obviously. Now what does he read? Him with inside leverage, his helmet outside. It's, it's, again, it's, tough. it's really tough from this angle it is. Inside out, cut inside. Now, to be honest, I'd probably like to see his, his, it looks like his eyes were on that the entire time. I would like to see his eyes check inside as well here, because now let's say if this defensive tackle were to get over top of, uh, of the combo block, which would be hard because, um, they do a good job right here. Feeney again, Feeney does a good job, uh, ricochet. So he's, he's going to draw, he's going to drop that outside foot and then kind of just, just throw his shoulder into the guy. We, we went into ricochet technique before. I'm not going to do a ton right now because you can't really see, but he ricochets again, drop, throw the near shoulder does that. And that's going to pop up the, the outside shoulder. It's going to allow, um, Levin, I believe to, to get more heads up with this guy, um, heads up to, to that outside in relationship. So good combo from the, from the guard, uh, <clears throat> and the center combo again, really, really good job by Levin too in terms of working laterally instead of up first laterally, because if you were to work again, right towards him at a harder angle, he's just going to maintain an outside leverage. You're not going to ever be able to, to cross that plane. So you have to, again, that, that phrase lose to gain. He's losing to gain that positional leverage. Good job again by Feeney. Popping it up, climbing to the second level. Again, he's terrible. Let's cut him. Yeah, he's not good for a starter. And he was more inconsistent this preseason than I would like. But to say that Levin's better or Jimmy Murray or any one of these guys are better and you'd rather have them playing than a guy who, while albeit, again, not even a great backup, but a decent backup with 50 games or whatever started is crazy. So people overreact to, to him seeing a couple of bad plays of him. But in terms of a backup, he's okay. So... But like I said, if, if this guy were to spike through the double team and somehow get over the top of Murray, you know, more of outside in type stuff, and he never checks him, he could probably bounce his outside if he, if he were, if the D tackle were to do that. But I didn't see his eyes go there. So that's a little bit concerning to me because you don't just read one guy on zone. You want to check him, then check inside. And I don't, I don't ever see his eyes go inside. Could he have in his peripheral? Maybe, but his, his helmet's right to that, right to that read the entire time. Inside. So. And a good thing too that you do, that he doesn't want to do, he doesn't want to see this initially, and then just, just, just uh, get his stem vertical or his stem his track vertical, because if he were to just see this right away and then go right vertical, what is this guy going to do? He's going to try to fight back inside as hard as he wants. So he wants to press the edge a little bit and then get inside. So it's a really it's a it's a small nuance of of, of running backs, but even if you see something open, you don't hit it right away. You got to let it develop a little bit, and that's that that that's that patience part of it. So he has a patience. To, to see the hole, then cut there instead of, instead of just hitting it right away. 
takes an extra step or two. Now again, through contact, lowers his helmet. Can't tell exactly what happens at that contact point, but I know he lowers, probably throws his forearms um, out a little bit with the ball secure, just to act as like a shock, shock absorber. Trucks over one guy, dives forward for another two yards. So really good run in terms of um, just patience to press the outside, the suddenness of, of those cuts, the, the, the kind of aggression and the, and the tempo that he runs with is, is good. Patient, patient, cut, hit it. Trucking again. But overall, the offensive line does a hell of a job on the front side of that. Even on the back side. We even talk, we even, I even talk about, um, what is it called? Right guard. The right guard here. I don't know I'm getting so, so much into offensive line, but he, he checks him. That, that, that near hand is just going to check him again, kind of pop up that outside shoulder, just, just, just impede his progress. Moses, who wants to reach him, is getting more, more horizontal, again, to get that positional leverage. He doesn't want to just go right to him because if he were to spike inside, he's never going to get that positional leverage. So he gets, he gets horizontal as he pops up that shoulder. He overtakes that block. Uh, right guard climbs to the second level. Hands on. Driving him forward. Blocked, blocked, blocked. Like, good, good job run blocking. And I, and I think this is, that's going to be the strength of this team. Um, and the, the strength of the, of the running game for the Jets, even with the starters, I think it's, it's, the run blocking has been really impressive. Minus a play or two here and there, um, it's, been, it's been pretty good. So one more play of the run blocking and Josh Adams. This is the last play of the game, but not the last play of the review. Um, I got stuck there. I don't know, I don't know what it was with the beginning of that show. You had it every once in a while, but I just like the, the first couple, the first play right there after my break, I was just, I just did not hit that right. That, that, it, just, it just felt like diarrhea of the mouth. I don't, I don't know what was, what was going on there, but I wasn't on my, my, on my game. So now we're getting into it. Um, I'll admit that. So Adam's two point conversion, um, inside zone split, simple. Uh, you have the the right guard, whoever this is, do a terrible job. He just he just he just leaning right off of the right off of the uh, the jump. You see, he takes like more of like that uh, that just a lateral step. It's a zone step, um, zone steps. But he leans, not good bend in terms of his legs. Like he's depending on contact, so he's leaning into that block, gets uh, gets clubbed, falls on his face. So that's unfortunate to have this happen on an inside zone split because. This is one of his primary reads. Now he's in the backfield already before he, as he's taking the ball or he's in the backfield before he even takes the ball. <laughs> so um, he really doesn't have any options. Needs to get two yards. He doesn't want to throw on the brakes right here and then try to get outside because then other guys are going to fill and, and he's just, he's going to get tackled behind the line of scrimmage. So he just wants to work vertical um, and just put his head down vertical, put his head down, absorb that contact, drive his feet extension. Hell of a job. And again, I'm sorry. I didn't show the play again before I broke it down. I think you guys know this play though, but I am trying to do that. Okay. Really good job, obviously. But if you see, you can see it from this angle. Oh, that's Moore. Is that Moore who got beat like that? <clears throat> okay. Yeah, that's David Moore. So that's the guy who, again, from Grambling State, hell of a senior bowl. You know, no idea why he's undrafted. Nobody has a clue. He's one of the highest UDFAs out there. The Panthers signed him. The Panthers fans were going wild, probably just like we were about Kenny Yeboah, or Jets fans were about Kenny Yeboah. 
And then you kind of figure out, okay, Panthers cut him. Why? He probably sucked in, in, in camp badly. Maybe that combination of work ethic, whatever it may be. Obviously, they have much more info. Comes to the Jets. Now we're excited to have him. I wasn't thinking about doing a review. But I was like, yeah, I don't know. Panthers cut him. Now the Jets bring him in. You figure, okay, maybe he's a backup offensive lineman. I think I even predicted it. What an idiot. That's just me playing into it. Comes to this game. Obviously, has a really bad play here. I didn't necessarily focus on the rest of the, 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 uh, the game. But you think the Jets at least bring him back to the practice squad? He's on the practice squad. So he gets beat. Again, Josh Adams sees that the, right here. You see him change his angle a little bit. Right there. Drive his feet. And the good job, the, the good thing about it too, is just the, the awareness um, to not fall right away. You can see he, he really um, focuses on like kind of keeping his body up, extending, keeping the body up, reaching up all over the goal line, but while being safe with the ball as well, not letting it get punched out. So good job. Again, pretty relative, being pretty simple to stuff. I want to get through this. <clears throat> um, Duds, I didn't put it, or I, I did put three plays of him in here. Should I even do it? I guess I, I guess I should. I don't. Okay. Yeah. Inaccurate. Uh, almost threw a couple of picks, um, almost threw a pick on the two point conversion, uh, terrible read, um, by him, which like ball placement was, was awful too. He forced a couple of deep balls in the game, just chucking them up into double coverage. Um, dirting, he dirted like two easy passes where the ball was supposedly like 15 yards and it hit the turf at like seven yards, like just terrible accuracy. Um, and I put, I think, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, okay. 158 yards, two touchdowns, one, one. Oh, okay. No, sorry. That's, that was stupid. So I don't have any plays of him specifically because he's off the team. I put his stat line and I was reading it like, okay, so I've played 13, 23 and 158. I'm like, what the hell? And I realized he went 13 for 23 for 158 yards. <laughs> so I didn't put any plays. That's the hundred percent my fault. Um, my second dud of the game from I watched um, was Delshawn Phillips. I know he was, he's on the practice squad now, but he had a couple of plays. I didn't want to put a ton here. Again, made it a really short review on purpose. Um, so I, I, I kind of pushed off some plays I might put in a regular review. Um, but he took there were a couple of times where he was just really lack of trigger, lack, you know, lack of good pursuit angles. Um, There's a couple of, of pretty bad things from him in this game. Did I not cut this one again? No, okay, I, I, I cut it. Kind of. Just I don't, I don't, I don't like ever to start with this, but it takes like a three seconds to disappear. So I just, I just didn't feel like doing it or whatever. But um, in terms of him filling, he's right here. Okay. So they run a, a, a tight zone, tight inside zone. It's not duo or anything like that. Like people automatically say, oh, if there's two double teams, it's duo. No, it could just be inside zone. And based on um, where these guys are lined up, they're going to combo you. If there's an extra guy, they're not going to combo. Um, but so every, every double, every double, double team inside is not a duo play. So this is inside zone, which are two combos, um, front side, back side, and combos. Now, what does Phillips say? He's looking directly at the running back. This is his read. He's gonna fill. He's not reading guards. He's not reading anything. He might be reading guards at first, or combo. Like some again, some teams. And there's more even complex, but the most simple like linebacker reads are guards. You follow the guards. You key on the guards. You can key on tackle sometimes too, um, but mostly guards or the running back, or a combination of guards and running back, which is typically what people are doing. Um, then there's a lot more complex stuff than, than, than that as well, where you might have one linebacker reading the 
you know, two offensive linemen where another one's reading three. And like, there's a bunch of, of different things like that. There's sometimes we're not even reading at all. They're just shooting a gap. There's times where we talk about, I think on the, uh, or I talked about on Lawson review, the Shaq Lawson, like the, the fill and folds and, and, um, and the scrapes and things like that. And gap exchanges. So there's a bunch of things, but here simply he's running the running back. It's the most, it's, it's, that's what, that's what you do at grammar school. Reads running back fills terrible angle. This is, this is bad. In terms of where he's running, he's, he's, he's trying to cut him off like these guys don't exist. Like these offensive linemen don't exist. Fill the gap. If he fills this gap, he's pretty much almost shoulder to shoulder and filling the entire gap. But for some reason, he goes outside with, 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 with big steps or like a hop and he just cuts right inside of him. Just fill the gap. More of a direct angle to him. Miss the tackle. And then he runs for like a first down. But this is a terrible play by him. There's only one place he can go, right through here. And if you're pressing to the outside, he's going to get inside. So just fill it. Just, just split the difference and then react. So close ground, break your feet down, and be ready to, to play either way. But to just com- completely commit outside right here in a tiny gap, if you can't fill this gap and make a tackle, there's not going to be much you can do. And the, the, the Jets running, um, I think getting run on, yes, in part because of the defensive line. You know, you don't have Q in there. You don't have Fadokasi in there a lot. You don't have, you know, uh, Rankins and all, and all these guys. But the linebackers have been a big part of it. And I said that, um, I don't know if it's a live stream that Kyle and I did or whatever it may be, but the linebackers in terms of, one, them not pulling the, not pulling the trigger. Two, they, they seem a little bit too complacent with being blocked. Like they're just, okay, this guy's blocking me. I'm going to take on the block fence yet. Like they're not working to get past the block. Like they're not decisive enough to defeat the block before it comes and then fill. They're kind of, they're kind of thinking too much, letting themselves get blocked. Again, not pulling the trigger is a part of that. And then with all that, with the inexperience, with the lack of trigger, you also look at the linebacker core the Jets have in, in terms of obviously minus Mosley. Cashman's a lighter guy. Um, he's obviously heavier than Hamsa and Sherwood, but Sherwood and, and Hamsa are both, what, 220, 225 right now? So they're both really, really light. Um, and I, they, they can work past, you know, blocks and, and, and things like that. But in terms of being indecisive and allowing a block to develop on you, it's going to be really hard for you to shed. Now, if you're Darius Leonard, who's, what, 225, 230, so you could be that weight, but he, one, is uber aggressive, uber long arms, uber smart, so he doesn't let the blocker get to him. Um, before he's starting to defeat it, you know, um, where a blocker might get actually to his level, but he's going to drop his weight, you know, elbows tight, pop him up, stack him, et cetera, where our, our guys are kind of just, okay, just stack them, but it's not aggressive. They're kind of still indecisive. So they kind of, they're not taking the block on with the aggression they should. So it's kind of a multifaceted problem in terms of the inexperience and, and the lack of size. But while the defensive line, again, has been getting shredded a little bit, in the run game, the linebackers are also a massive part of that massive. And this is one of those plays like this should be an easy, an easy run stuff. At least he, at least he can wrap him up and, and somebody else would, will assist and bring him down. But to miss a, a gap like that is just, it's just not good. So he was my second stud, uh, dud of the game. And then my, um, my next dud, it was like four guys just, just in terms of like tackling and just bad angles and things. Um, Isaiah Dunn, Campbell, Passel, Sherwood all, all got like my number one dud. Like I just, I just split up between those. I'm, I'm only putting two plays of these guys. Yeah. For the lack of, uh, not the lack of, of time. 
but lack of time I want to spend on this because there's probably like four of you who are like, Oh yeah, I really want to see the Eagles stuff, you know, but is what it is. So miss tackle, um, share words and man coverage right here on the running back running back gets hit on a swing or, or whatever this pass is on third down. Um, and Sherwood misses the tackle. And then so does a uh, hassle from deep. It's, it's pretty brutal to be honest. And this is exactly the type of play that I talked about. Um, if you guys watch the Sherwood review, I specifically said, I think at least twice in that review, he takes angles at the college level. He's not going to be afforded in the NFL. And this is versus what? 35 is Boston Scott. I believe. Uh, yeah, Scott. Um, Versus Boston Scott. Now imagine this is Christian McCaffrey, week one. Now imagine this is Alvin Kamara or Derrick Henry or whoever, you know, is going to be out of, out of the backfield. So his problem is he, he takes too flat of an angle. He flattens his angle too much. So this angle that he was athletic enough at, at, the, at college level to take a more aggressive angle um, and tackle him, now at the NFL level, at times it's going to have to be a little bit more flat. And you're gonna have to as you're as as you're getting that flat taking that flat angle, you have to you know chop your feet down a little bit, just just to be able to change direction quickly. Obviously, the, the longer the stride, the longer the gate, you're not gonna be able to change direction. So you want to shorten the stride, and then as you start to get over the top, that's when you flip your hips and you're gonna start to get square. So you don't want to completely overrun it at the same time, but the angle's too aggressive. Runs right past them. Barely, you know, barely gets two hands on them. And now same thing with, with hat, like the Sherwoods was bad. Hassel's even worse. <laughs> like the fact that he's, you're just to see him jogging, jogging, which is fine, like jog. But when you're jogging like this, it's because again, you're kind of, you're, you're kind of, you're, he's not being overly aggressive because he doesn't, he doesn't want him to break inside. He doesn't want to take a hard ankle to him and him to undercut him and then get inside. But at the same time, what, what, what's his largest benefit right here? Everybody knows he's been watching the channel for more than three seconds. So I think not even this channel, but football in general, the silence is friend. He's, he, the sideline is, is another defender, but you want to, so you want to play inside out, but you can't, you, you can't fall, like fall for a little hesitation, like a stab right here. Watch. So what he wants to do is continue to work over the top. And just like Sherwood, get a little more conservative. He doesn't want to get too far over the top. He doesn't want to get too, he doesn't want to get too, you know, uh, too flat, like towards him, too aggressive but also not so, um, so over the top we're going to undercut him, but take a, fl- take a flatter angle, break down and have an inside out relationship where if he tries to outrun you, you push him through the sideline. He goes out of bounds. It's pretty simple. If he tries to, uh, if he tries to cut inside, guess what? Now he has to work through you and you're going to tackle him, but just jogging to get over the top like this and then staying so far inside versus outside. Like, does he really think he's going to break inside right here? He has two yards of, of, of two or three yards of just lateral space. Even if he did break inside and you're running full speed, you should be able to, 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 to flip your hips and tackle him. The fact that he falls for this, for this move two or three yards inside, makes all this room to the sideline is terrible, terrible job by, by Hassel. He has to get over the top right here or not even over the top. I, I'm sorry. That's, that, that's, that's not, not even true. He has to get more hip to hip. Just a little bit more flat. A little bit more flat over the top, inside out. Cuts inside, you're there. Cuts outside, you push them outside. But to but to break down at this point, at this angle, with the sideline here is the is this is as bad as it gets in terms of angles and in terms of tackling. It's a, it's a feel thing, but 
got to close more ground. And it's harder in full speed, obviously, you know, one of, one of us, me watching this, do I make a tackle? No. But should an NFL safety trying to make a team make a tackle? A thousand percent yes. Every time you make a tackle with him running on the sideline like that. For you to get juked inside when you're inside that far is really, really bad. Get over the top. Or sorry, I, I keep saying get over the top. That's in an open field. Get more of an insider out relationship. Get, get tighter to him. But, but damn, that's really, really bad. From both from both players, but much much worse from from uh, Hassel on that play. But Sherbert's got to learn too. Like, and that's that's something that you do. I think that's a, a, a thing that's going to be that's uncoachable for him that he can't fix. No, he just had to learn. Okay, a little bit more conservative because NFL players are a lot better, a lot faster, a lot more agile than guys I played in college, and that's why I see him not being. I, I said I think I think he could be an average player, an average starter at best. I just don't see him being a, a really a plus starter unless he just is so damn smart that he doesn't need his athleticism. But at the NFL, to be elite for me or to be really good, you need a baseline athleticism, especially a linebacker nowadays. Like, who's, who's a plotting linebacker who's, who's bad? It's like, think about Jets history. And, like, this is kind of what I'm saying. And this is, this is obviously even a reach. Like, David Harris played in a more physical era where his physicality took over at times. David Harris, even a prime David Harris nowadays – he didn't even make a Pro Bowl then. He would probably be a, a little bit above average. Let's be honest. Um, even Davis Harris's prime, you put him on a wheel route and everybody panicked. You know, now with everybody getting lighter, faster, and how much lighter, faster it is, you know, 2021 versus, versus 2013, 2012, be a lot different, you know? What was he drafted? 2006, right? Six, seven? Six or seven. Um, and that's kind of how I see Sherbrooke. I just don't see him as an as a athletic guy. And, and David Harris was a lot thicker than him, too. He's a lot more powerful. So you see a guy who's light, not the most athletic, average at best. I don't know. That's just how I feel. Could be wrong. But even if he's a solid role player for the Jets, a guy who can come in and play Mike in, in like a 3-4 you know, look or um, whatever it might be, then I get it. Or maybe he can even develop and get a little bit stronger and, and be a more of a light Sam linebacker. That I don't understand. But him as like a like a, like a true Mike or or a Will, I just I, I don't I don't think ever it'll work. But I've been wrong before. There's nobody bats a thousand percent. Nobody. Um. Oh, sorry. I'll play the whole play. I just kind of talked about him before. Uh, before the play started. So, um, it's not it, Dunn's bad here, but like if you look at it, it's it's more the second guy who I have a problem with than Dunn. So Dunn off the top, uh, he's he's um. Let me see. I didn't even look at the coverage. Looks just to be like a one robber. He's robbing anything that looks like cross. This this guy's probably the, the, he's probably deeping uh, dropping um, deep middle. And then he's either um, let me see. He's he's in man coverage on the running back, Sherwood. He stays in the block, so he blitzes. So he's green dogging, um, green dog hug rush, whatever you want to call it. But that's what he's doing. He's reading the running back. Running back stays in the block. He blitzes. That's all it is. It's it's very very simple. Um, he's robbing. You can see him check the inside. You're gonna see him. You're gonna see his helmet flash right there, right there. Checks the inside. See if he's breaking inside. Pushes himself to if it is a dig. He's gonna jump it. So there's playing on one robber. 
with with Sherwood as the as the uh, green dog, and for for um, <clears throat> done at the top, what could he improve on on this play? Um, one, no man's land. I hate no man's land. This is more like soft press. Like you can give him like a yard and a half, but like when you start to get like two three yards off, just play off. Just just commit to seven to ten yards. If you're pressing, get at least within a yard and a half of them. This is even too far for me. I don't like this, but it, it works if you're like going to soft shoe. You're just taking away the the potential of an of a of a uh, of like a two hand jam or an aggressive like offhand jam. You can't really jam like that, or you, you can offhand jam, but you can't take it. You can't jam aggressively like this. So you're kind of taking that threat away. So it's a little bit more more of a one dimensional press when you're this far off. When you're that far off, you, you're really screwing yourself. It's just you, you don't have enough time to react, and he's going to build up a little bit of speed off off the snap like that. I just I just don't like it. So with that, now what happens? He stems inside a little bit, false step. Even if it's taught, if it's a kick step, nonetheless, looks like a false step because if it's a kick step, you're not taught to lean on your on your back like this. So I'm going to call it a false step. If he if he were to stay square here, or if he if he didn't stay square with with a kick step, and his and his balance was better his base was better in terms of you know not staying onto the back onto his heels um then i would call it a kick step but it's a false step so he falls steps leans now what happens he stems inside his eyes i don't i can't tell if they're high or low um nonetheless hops both feet off the ground inside now he lands his hands because the guy runs right into him um but it's not a good wrap by the receiver if anything he, he should have shortened his stride pressed inside had him go over the top club him, whatever, punch through, get to the outside. But this is not a good receiver, but nonetheless, and it, again, imagine this is whoever, uh, even Devontae Parker or, or Will Fuller or Jalen Waddle or whatever it may be. Um, so not good off the off the jump right there, even even though he does get over the top. Gets his hands on. Now there's a push off the top right there, which you, you'll see. Okay. We're going to talk about looking back for the ball a little bit. And in terms of uh, – Campbell, dude, guy's literally jumping in the air, catching the ball, not full speed, off balance, and you still can't make the tackle. That's your tackle attempt is, is arms. Light him up with this shoulder, cross your helmet, wrap him up, and drive him out of bounds. Even if you just cross your helmet and you just push him out of bounds, it's going to happen. He's not, he's not running full speed. He's off balance, and you still don't make the tackle. Brutal, brutal tackling from the Jets this, these last two plays, and brutal this whole preseason. And that's the problem with not having all these padded practice and stuff. Guys just are not going to tackle him. But that's your tackle attempt after you just caught the ball. I was that, that's so now for Hall or sorry for for Dunn, when you're coming to the ball like this, like it's it's it, it, it's a feel thing. It, it really is. Um, but when he's looking back to the ball this long and he's starting to jump, you know the ball is going to be right there. So you to look back like he is in this position. It has to be like his eyes have to be back for a shorter amount of time, not jumping and going to attack the ball. Because then you know if you get hip, to, if you get hip to hip, and and he's just stacked you a little bit. If you trust yourself, you could look back and play the ball, look up, go high to low. You don't want to go low to high because you're going to lose the ball. You want to go high to low because that's the ball is going to be coming from 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 upwards and down. So that's where you want to start. Um, but it's a timing thing. And when he's when he's in looking back for this long, and especially looking at his body language, you cannot look back too because the ball is about to be there. So what should he do at this point? Again, that feel thing just just comes with experience. <clears throat> um, he should be playing the hands. Play the hands. Get through them. Get your arm through them. Face face guard them as you're looking. Back. You can you know and and play it. 
but he loses it because he starts to go from high to low, but the ball is, is coming there as, as he, as he's looking. You see that he realizes it, but what, again, what should he do? Play through the hands, play through the hands, play through the arms, gear down with them and just hope you get a pass break up. But to look back, it's just, it's just not, it, you just can't do it. So after that now, do I blame him for the, for the missed tackle? I really don't, to be honest. He tries to, he tries to rip the ball out. Um, and you're going to see it from what angle is it? You're going to see it from this angle. Again, I, I try to look at everything. So what, what should you do again? Play through the hands. It's, if the ball is low, it's not even a good ball. He needs to play that better, 100%. Now he tries to rip the ball out and kind of and you just grab him. And what happens? You're going to see his right foot step on the, the – the, is it left foot or right foot? The right foot. His foot steps on, on, on the receiver's foot, and he slips. So that's why it kind of falls. You see it slip right there. See it slip off that foot. So that's why it falls. So it's not like, oh, we tackled. Like he, it was a hard tackle if, you, if your base is coming out from under you because you, you tripped. So I'm not going to kill him for the tackle attempt. But again, just looking in terms of when to look back for the ball, when not to look back for the ball. Looking back for the ball, looking back for the ball, looking back for the ball, gearing down, jumping. Can't look back now. It's too late. Just play his hands, play his eyes, play his arms. And then again, we talk about Campbell. Just miserable tackle attempt. Absolutely miserable. My God. I can understand why he got cut. Or maybe they tried to sign back on the practice squad. Or no, he got signed to the pack to Panthers. No. What team? He got signed to some team. I forgot what team it was. Um, that's it for the for those for the duds with them. Um, good from the offense. Again, only a couple plays here. Uh, Vincent Smith, Jeff Smith. Um, I put or put Vincent Smith. Overall, okay, minus that one route again. Just leaning out of the break before you do it. You want again explode more and more into it. You know, get over top of it and then cut. Um, seems pretty simple, but he didn't. Uh, Jeff Smith, three rushes, 44 yards, two receptions, 16 yards. I put one play of him again, to be honest with him, just, just being, being fair, being fair in my evaluation of everybody. I try to be fair in in what I see. And with him, um, a lot of his stuff was more open. Like he, he would just, he would, he would read it properly. It's like he was breaking a bunch of tackles, making a bunch of plays. Now he is quick and he is shifty. In, in tighter spaces than a Vincent Smith is. And maybe that's why they want him for, for more of the screens and stuff. Cause you have to move around a lot Um, where Vincent Smith to me is more of like the, the better deep threat, the better returner. Um, but again, for, for, for bubble screens, smoke screens, tunnel screens, end arounds, jet sweeps, he, he might, uh, adjustment might be better. Um, now again, nothing was crazy impressive by, by Smith, but he's going to start right here and they just run a jet sweep. Handoff again. Now, like, should he make this play? You know, if you're looking at, I, I want to put one sweep in here, but jet sweep, pin him inside. Good job by, by which, by the way, um, I think I already mentioned Yuboa. I was noticing through the preseason he was blocking decently. Like he wasn't blocking bad as bad as he did uh, at Ole Miss. So while I did criticize him in terms of like not, he, he had a good game, I still gave him a stud. But in terms of him having an amazing game, it wasn't an amazing game passing. To be honest, it was an okay game, um, which is fine. That's he still got a stud. His blocking, run blocking, and pass blocking has been better than what I expected when I was watching um, initially. I didn't focus crazy on it, but I, never, I didn't really see him blow a lot of blocks. Maybe like sometimes I'd be like watching, like, oh, decent block by Yaboa. Okay, decent block. So I'll give him credit because I think he actually improved his blocking. Um, but good job here by Yaboa. Again, now Smith is reading this. 
if you were to, if you were to spike inside, you cut outside. He stands outside, inside, outside. With that relationship, he cuts, cuts inside. So pretty simple, right? It's like, how much credit do you give a guy for this? You know, some. Um, now, good job in terms of this staying. Or not really staying light on that on that on that inside foot. He just outruns him. It's not like he like purposely did that. Some running backs you'll see them stay light on that near foot when they know they're coming to contact. Um, but in general, general, good job just keeping maintaining its balance. Um, moving on. Okay, Ty Johnson. I have two plays of him. Third conversion, fifty-three yards, one touchdown. Um, to be honest with him, which I'm going to be honest. Some of the holes he was hitting, I think he runs hard. I think he falls forward. His, his power has been impressing me this, this, this offseason. Um, but I still don't think his vision is great. Um, and here, again, it's hard to tell. And that's why I put a question mark, missed hole question mark, because it seems like sometimes he, he at least watching from this view at times, the broadcast angle, it looked like he might have missed a hole or two. Um, inside zone split. And here... Like you just look at how how the blocking develops inside zone or it could be tight zone again. It, it's it's hard to tell exactly with with uh, with um, this angle, but whether his read was here or here, or if it was here to here, outside or inside outside. So he's going to cut inside of that, obviously. Now you go to um, this read outside in. Okay, so he's he's in a he's in a press up field, but. Inside zone, you definitely need a lot of – zone in general, you need a lot of patience. So it's patient. Now, I would like to see him, okay, this linebacker's filling and check back to this block. Like, again, a really good running back do, does that stuff. They, they check multiple – they can check multiple times. So definitely not cutting outside. But now, if he – when he is pressing the inside, he sees, his, he sees him fill. If it was for a – if it was a third and, third and goal from the one – Put your head down, put your head down, drive forward. But from the four, would I like to see him stay patient, read this, go back to this read and then, and then get outside? Uh, yes. And again, I, I'm, that's why I put a question mark. I don't think it's a thousand percent, but just based on how this develops, that's pretty open. Even, even though like, yeah, he might have outside leverage, but he's driving him vertically. So you, you have plenty of space right here. Um, um, he's plenty of space right here. To, to, sorry, uh, Saba actually texted me. We have a draft tonight, but I'll text him back in a second. I'll pause it after this play. Um, this is a, a big gap where, again, if, if, if he was, if, if he pushed him into the backfield and had outside in, or yeah, an outside in, then he shouldn't, then he shouldn't cut outside. But because he got driven vertically a little bit by, is that Feeney again? Yeah, by Feeney. Because he's driven vertical, he has plenty of space to cut outside right here and go against the safety um, with, uh, with more room. So you can even juke him, drop his helmet, whatever. Um, and he just lowers his helmet and drives forward for a, for a yard or two. I don't love it, to be honest. Just, just reading it, like, I want to see him hit the outside right there. Now, I know it develops quicker than, than me doing it frame by frame by frame. But like a, a Nick Chubb, who I think is one of the better running – I think he's probably the top three running back in the league. People just don't realize it because he splits time with Kareem Hunt and plays for the Browns. Um, he is top three. Top five. Because you have you have CMC, you have Kamara, you have Henry. Um, I'm trying to think. If there's anybody else I put him at, at four above him? Zeke, no. Barkley, no. I think he's probably my fourth. Yeah, I think he's probably my fourth running back in the league. Uh, Chubb, and his vision is really good. Um, he's a guy right here. 
who takes a handoff, really short strides, reads it, probably presses the inside too, sees this, cuts outside because he can make cuts within with, within half a yard. Um, but I think he sees this. He lowers his helmet, puts it forward. So I, I, there's a difference between being a, a decent running back, which I think Johnson might be, who's still developing vision, um, and a Nick Chubb. You know, obviously, that goes without saying. There's a difference between Nick Chubb and, and Ty Johnson. But um, again, if that was from a two-year-old line, fine. Putting your shoulder down, good. I'm cool with it. You know, just take what's there. Um, but in that situation, could he have bounced it? I, I think so. Inside zone split. I, I think he could have got outside right there. A little bit more patience, a little bit more choppy steps. You know, choppy steps, patience, read it. Uh, pause it for a second. Moving on. We have um, one more play. 19. Tie truck. Okay, obviously, like I said, um, a guy who we watched last year, obviously, broke him down. Uh, came in with more power this year, which more like more like physicality. Um, and this play, I think it's like an inside zone. Is it? Yeah, inside zone, inside tight zone. All we're doing is looking at the truck. That's that's it. Just the truck. Just just a, putting up a highlight play. We're not really breaking anything down. Um, obviously, awesome to see. Now, in terms of like what we're what you break down is just leverage. Like you're not going to truck a guy without leverage unless he's unless you're just your boss and he's a little you know he's a softy. Let's just say. Um, but in terms of like what he does, in terms of how low he gets, lower than his guy or at, as low as his guy, lower man wins. Um, but even if he's a little bit lower because he has full speed or, or pretty much close to full speed ahead, um, he's probably going to win <laughs> and lowers his helmet, sticks the forearm out again. And what that does is acts like a shock absorber. If your arm's tight to you, it's not really able to absorb that contact. So when he hits you, it's going to affect your, your body more, your base, your balance more. When you throw your forearm out there, it doesn't affect your body very much. If your arm gets hit, it just doesn't. So throw a form out there, shock absorber, then you're, then you're, it follows. So that, that takes away some of it. Shoulder follows that would lead, that's what leads to a really good truck. Um, here trucks. And you're going to see him extend with that form a little bit too. Forearm out, protect yourself, truck them, push off of the form. Love to see full speed trucks. <laughs> that's football. Oh yeah. Yep. And it, the crazy thing too about it is, if he were to truck this guy, bang, and just hop over him and run for a touchdown, it would have been so much more talked about because there's another guy right there to tackle him. Um, it wasn't. Maybe Elijah Campbell would have tackled him if he's on the Eagles, but I think he can tackle him. Um, obviously, being a dick on purpose, kind of. So, um, Kager, uh, Kager overall played decently. He's not even on the practice squad. He got cut. I, I think it's an injury thing. Um, Moses, Fant, run blocking overall, um, I put – um, miss miscellaneous. I put two plays cage or fade touchdown. He's not on the team anymore. Do it really, really quick. Good, good. Obviously ball placement by Josh Johnson. Um, now whether he alerted to it, whatever it may be, if it was, it was designed initially to be a fade, not an inside zone. I can't tell if it was a, it could have been like a check with me, run check with me, pass check with me, whatever. He sees the stacked up one-on-one. -on -one. He checks to a pass. He checks to a pass, whatever it was. Um, he runs a fade versus DB. I thought it was a linebacker at first watching initially. Um, I, I thought I saw 58, but it wasn't. Obviously, it was 38. Um, now, in terms of Cager, skip step, foot fire. Again, foot fire different between short shot, short shot. You're, you're taking a couple of feet with extra, or a couple of inches to, to feet with every step, where with a short stride. Um, I mean, with, with the fire, with the foot fire, your feet are not moving really at all. So he does that. 
skip the closed ground, foot fire, outside, wipe the hand away, find the ball, touchdown. So obviously an easy catch, but the release is actually pretty good for him. Nice little release. I like it. Good ball by Johnson. Good play by both the guys. Bad play by the DB. We're not going over his stuff, and I'm not going to talk about it forever because Cager's not on the team anymore. Maybe he gets signed to the practice squad. I don't know. Um, other miscellaneous play from the good from the offense. Jets trap runs. I guess it's just a run in general again. Um, they did it again. We're talking about trap. Trap versus like Wham. Um, Wham would be like a receiver, tight end, blocking the guy who's unblocked with a trap. It's, it's offensive lineman versus offensive lineman. Again, similar situation. These two guys bypass the, the, D, the D tackle, same as last time. Um, he's leaning on his hands. He's pressing up the field. He gets off balance. Um, and Feeney is, a, is, is, um, is blocking him. So you're not going to see this a lot. Again, versus three, four teams that I play this year, like versus the Bills, you might see it. Um, Dolphins, probably not. Maybe you will, maybe you will a time or two. But it's, again, it's, it's the, base, the base trap runs um, or trap runs in general are much more effective versus penetrating teams, aggressive teams. So, um, again, good job overall by, by pretty much everybody. Then bypassing, you have whoever that is, climb up to the second level. I think it's actually more climb up to the second level, getting hands-on. You have 63. Good job inside out. Receiver, cager climbing. Like, everybody does a pretty good job here on the trap run. I just want to highlight it real quick. Good run. Again, Johnson hits an open hole. So, it's like, oh, great, great, great run by Johnson. No, great blocking by the offensive line. He just hit the hole that was there. So, there's a, there's a difference sometimes. You know, good job by, by everybody. Everybody did their job. It worked. That's how it's supposed to be. Um, good for the defense. Uh, Carter, I have one play, which is the first play of the game, I think. Yeah, first play of the game. He's right here. He's, uh, I don't know if he's, I don't know if it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely zone, uh, whether it be like a, like a three, I'm not sure, or like a, like a three lock. Could be like a three lock. Um, but, Can't, I can't let's see one, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, five, six. Hold on, that's that is not making sense. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. One guy deep. Yeah, so most likely it's a three. A three of him just locking on the on on, on this receiver, the, the single receiver side, even though it's a tight end. Um Nonetheless, I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna dive into that the coverages stuff. It could it could even be something different? I'm just not trying to do it right now um, because we're just talking about uh, Carter right here, who gets into his drop, into his own drop, reads the quarterback, sees the quarterback going to throw, immediately gets wide um, and starts to move up the field. There's a difference between like noticing it like like now and noticing it like at like after the ball is out. But good job. Uh, he notices it pretty quick. Just the differences in, in split seconds. Um, aggressive as hell. One, hands inside, tight elbows, and he's, he doesn't want to get he doesn't want to get trapped inside or, or uh, pinned inside right here. You know, he he wants to 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 move outside again, forcing run back inside. Because if worst case scenario, he can't make the tackle. Where does he want the Where does he want the receiver or the running back to to cut inside? Because there's more guys pursuing from the inside than there are from the outside. There's only one guy. So if anything, fight to get outside. He fights to get outside. Drives, fights the outside, fights the outside. Knows his relationship. He, he sees him right here. He's getting held. He's getting held right there with the left arm. The whole thing's not called for whatever reason. But he's held, and now the only way he can get to him, he's not going to be able to shed the blocks. He's getting held. 
So now he's just going to try to drive himself in right in, into the track of the running back and he pops him back. Now, obviously um, he didn't go down and now it ends up being a tackle for loss for, for one yard, but um, just Carter again, noticing it, driving, get outside, get outside, get outside and fighting to get in front of him right there. Like he's, he's purposely backpedaling like this to get in front of him. It's, it's not like he didn't get spun around and get completely taken out of his play. He knows most likely where the, where the running back is running based on his track and where he sees him. Um, so that's just like a baller type of play. That's just, that's just a good football player. And he's pumped after it too. Obviously I, I didn't continue to record the celebration. Um, I put Gidry here. Gidry had, it was relatively quiet, which is pretty good for a corner. Um, want to watch those guys more on the, on the all 22 angles, but I know Nani did the breakdown of them the other week and, uh, they were, they were pretty sticky coverage. That's pretty good. Either the one pass deflection, not by not, I'm not saying by Nani, cause I don't know if he did or not. Um, but Geeter did have that one pass deflection thing in the Giants game that people praised. It actually, was not great of a play, um, versus slot. Like I was like slot left. He played off to a little, a little bit too far as a bad route, bad throw. But nonetheless, uh, Guidry, smart, Fadokasi had a f- uh, few pressures and a, and a fourth fumble sack. I almost put him in here um, as the stud three, but I had to put Yaboa. But um, Fadokasi had a good game too when he was in there, which wasn't overly long, I don't think. But um, right here, he's the one tech. And just power. Like he's again with some of these rushers, they have the the not the not the not necessarily the freedom because it's just more of an overall defensive line thing. But with the Jets defensive line, um, overall these guys, if they if they if they're gonna if they're gonna pinch the quarterback and he has to step up into the pocket, he's uh, the interior pressure. It, not obviously, in Fadokasi is probably the fourth option you want as an inside rusher. Actually, probably probably fifth, right? Because you have Q Rankins, um, JFM. And Lawson, who I'd say are all better rushers from the inside. Um, but with a guy like Fadakasi, he's typically two-gapping with the Jets the last couple of years. So maybe he does start to be get a little bit more – a couple more pressures um, <clears throat> and sacks. And here it looks like he goes a double swipe, misses. They don't line super cleanly. Ends up kind of getting, you know, just, just face-to-face mask with them. And now he's just going to take his, take his hands and drive them. It's, it's really simple. Tight into the – you know, outside upper bicep grabs him and just, Oh, see. So now it's upper bicep and it turns into the shoulder pads, getting on those shoulder pads. And now it's not just pushing. It's, it's, it's lifting. So you're lifting while pushing, um, which again is better than just straight pushing. So you want to lift You're stronger lifting than, than pushing. See lift, extend, extend. He's reading the quarterback. Reading the quarterback, looking at the quarterback, looking at the quarterback. Sees him moving up the pocket again because the Jets pinch it. Pinch it, step up. You have to step up into Fadakasi, who is very much controlling this guy. Clearly. <laughs> and uh, he sheds. Hits the arm, force fumble. Um, and then unfortunately, the uh, Jets can't recover. Rolls right back to it. Uh, offensive lineman, but... You see, just look at the quarterback the whole time. They're just controlling. Extend, 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 control. Shed with good timing. Boom, hit. Force fumble. Next from a Mr. Fadukasi. Next play. Run stuff. I don't know if this is – is this literally the next play of the game? It could be. I, I didn't look at the, the down and distance and all that stuff before. Um, right here again, 
Um, looks like he's a three. Yeah, he's a three. It's like a tight three, looks like. <clears throat> um, got really good run stuff. It's it's hard to tell exactly with the offensive line. I, I hate looking at it from this view. Um, it looks like another like tight zone. And it, he steps with the offensive lineman. They zone step. He steps with them. Takes on one blocker. And again, with, with these zones, if you're, if you're going to kind of leave yourself out there and split a block, um, you're going to get taken on by two guys. So if anything, you want to take on one guy. But like you could spike it. You could spike and split a double team. Um, but ideally, you take on one guy. You dent somebody. So takes on the guard. Hand inside. Leverage is good. Now, looks like to, it's a hard tell. He's just trying to hold his ground. Like he can continue to drive. He's probably going to drip out of the play. So he wants to more hold his ground. Um, and it could be like a feel thing where he doesn't see the running back cutting outside. No, I, I think it's I think it's more of him getting. He he gets his hands inside. Wants to hold his ground to then to then, to then read to two gap. Gets his eyes into the backfield. Sees the running back's track. Sees the running back's track. Now he tries to get back, or he tries to bend the run backwards, and Fado Costas obviously sheds. So, power, technique, working his instep with that outside foot to hold his ground. Eyes up, hands look like they're lifting the shoulder pads. Sees the running back, works to get to him, and then it's a penalty. It's actually on Bryce Hall here. Um, if anything, it should have been on Fado Kossi because Bryce Hall did not try to throw him to the ground. Fado Kossi, you can see it extends a little bit. Don't want to see that, obviously. Stupid penalty on Hall, but it should be on Fado Kossi. It's a soft game. I hate it. But um, should this be allowed? Yeah, you just made a huge run. You just made a big run stuff and kind of extend him to the ground. But, again, it gets thrown. I'm pretty sure they called it on Hall, which is obviously bullshit. That was, that was Fado Kossi. Moving on. Um, Pinnock, I put in here. Um, one play, up and down. He got beat a couple times, but this this, this strip uh, going to the end zone for a touchback um, kind of made up for it. So he's on the bottom right here. Obviously, we know the story. Rolls out the end zone. Okay, so <clears throat> the one thing, just in terms of initially, again just a little bit tighter. He's about two yards, yards and a half, like the most I want. Um, now I know he's not, he's not necessarily, this, this, he's not like on the line of scrimmage. So he can be pushed back. Like, so he's automatically afforded that yard, but you don't want to give him an extra half a yard or two or an extra half a yard or, or, or a full yard. So don't love the alignment. And again, want to stay more patient, in, especially when you're off like this, because if you, if you are, even more impatient and off coverage, it can be more, it can be more uh, kind of drastic because if he was tighter and you kind of jumped outside, you could still rebound with your hands. Whereas if you're off and you get outside initially, your hands can't really make it up. So off coverage, you have to be patient. Drops his weight. You can see it really, really bad right there. Eyes are high. I can almost guarantee his eyes are high here because he just uses this like this like one step stretch release. Eyes are high, and he falls for the head fake. Head fake outside, and he bites on it. Now, gets back to the near shoulder. Um, 
looks like he looks back to the if he looks back to the quarterback here. I can't tell exactly if he does. Not a good job. If you look at him, good. If you look at the at the receiver, that's good. Obviously gets beat. Good ball placement. Good catch. Um, now he does get his hand in there, and that's obviously he strips it. So you're going to see him right here. He goes to play. It's not a terrible play. He doesn't get beat badly, but he gets his arm in there. And what is he trying to do? Exactly what you're supposed to do once you get beat. So you got beat. You want to throw your arm through these through, through his hands. And if you try to bring the ball back, your arm chops it out. Now he drops it. If his, if his hands aren't strong enough, he's, if he's not kind of like smart enough, okay, his, his arm is in there. So good, good, you know, obviously that's, that's what wins him this play is him trying to stick his arms through there, just like you're taught to do. Now you're trying to rake the ball out. Exactly what happens. So he makes up for it. But now that he takes a couple of steps and he has control of the ball kind of against his hip, he's pressing against his hip. It's not obviously, um, it's not a uh, secure. He's able to rip it out. Why? Why is he able to do that? It's not because it's not because he he decided after he called on him to stick his hand in there. It's because when he was going to catch the ball, he did what he's supposed to do to try to to try to get the pass deflection, and that's what led to his hand being kind of stuck in there. And he kind of you know and at that point, he's like, screw it, I'm just gonna strip it, strips it. They're not able to recover. Uh, next. Um, I got a couple of miscellaneous plays. I got five miscellaneous from the, from good from the offense or good from the defense. We're going to look at these pretty quickly to be honest. Again, just so I want to move through it. Sack Hassel comes off the side right here and he just, he's just going to, uh, just chop his feet and just rip through the running back. Bliss off the edge. Running back goes to block him. Choppy steps. Inside out relationship. He's like, it's gonna try to, it's gonna be hard for him to get inside, like like cleanly inside, unless he's gonna bull rush. So he's gonna try to win outside with a rip. Rip. Right there. Clears that plane. Sack. Okay. Simple. Next. 15. Um, right here. For Huff, when it's on a sack. Did I say sack? I don't know. Good burst. Sorry. I, I always pause and then start to do it. Because I, 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 I want to break it down as soon as I see it. That's my problem. But now that you watched it, that burst right there and the timing. Again, he's almost a yard into the backfield before any of the defensive linemen are passed on a scrimmage. That extra yard is a huge thing. So snap timing good. You'd see him moving before anybody else in the D-line moves. Him and Shepard, but he's a little bit ahead of Shepard. Explosion off the line. Now because he's out now because he's outside so quick. And look how look how soon he's moving before his tackle. Before his tackle even takes his first step. He's almost at two steps before the tackle's at one. So what's that gonna do? It's gonna lead him to having to having the advantage outside. Throw the rip. Rip. Folds to throw the ball really quickly on an uh, angle route. Yeah. Running back runs an angle route. Great job. That just burst. That was just burst. I got him there. Then obviously you're going to see some of the, you know, some of the bend, the balance through the, the power through contact where he pushes him for him to plant off that left foot and stay on his track. Good job. 
So good win for, for Huff, unfortunately. Um, the ball is out quick, but that could have been a sack. Um, next, 2021. Marshall run stuff. All right. Jonathan Marshall, who made the squad. Uh, I just think it's because, listen, like did just based on his play this preseason, did he did he impress enough to um, make the team? No, but I think it's I think it's draft where he was drafted, which is in the sixth round, but still where he was drafted. He's a draft pick, and risking losing him um, and risk losing that explosion. I, I think they like the explosion. I think they have a role for him, um, a limited role, but I just don't think they want the risk losing him. I don't think he actually made his squad based on how he played. But overall, this is a good play. You see some of the natural power and stuff he has. Now again, he's not Fado Kasi. You know, he's three hundred pounds, three hundred five, not not three thirty. But you're gonna see him come off the ball a little bit late. Come off the ball a little bit late. You're gonna see him step with the offensive line, take on um, the the guard initially to combo though. He takes on the guard. Obviously, feels a combo because it's there. Now what does he do? He's gonna turn into it. Turn into the combo. Work the instep. If you're going to work just the ball to your feet, that natural lever point, like we talked about with, with the with the the knee, you're you're just going to get completely ridden back. So instep, instep. Now what opens? Because he's he's going to peel off to get to another to to the linebacker because he's climbing on the combo and he's going to peel off to, again to the linebacker. Now the that now the between them is open. You drop his weight. Rip him down, shed him, right into the running back. So it's not, I don't think he saw the running back here. I think he just ripped him, was going to find him after. And, and what do you know? He's right in his face. Tackle him. So good job working the instep. Good, good, uh, good, good power on the shed. Boom right there. You can see just even, even like this short area right here. That's a, that's a good explosion right here. You can see some of the natural athleticism right there. Right there. Good job. Next, 22, I think. Smart run stuff. Okay. Um, he's right here. 79. Uh, one? No, 2i. Looks like a 2i. 2i loose one. I'm going to call him. Again, what happens? Comes off the ball, explosion. We've seen it all preseason. Explosion, hands inside, tight, tight-ish elbows, extension. So it's exactly what you want. Explosion, leverage, hands inside, extension. It's pretty much what we want for pretty much every run play if you're going to take on an offensive lineman. Eyes in the backfield. Stacks. Holds his ground. Looking where the running back is. He doesn't want to shed it. He doesn't necessarily want to declare too early. Like you can, but if we're not going to completely get off of it, then you get partially blocked and the running back reads you. He cuts a different way. So there's a lot of guys who could, you know, obviously you guys know there's, there's plenty of guys who could shed a block immediately, but you, you don't want to do that. You want to hold your guy up and wait for the running back to do what he's going to do. That's exactly what he's doing. Steps through with the left foot to clear himself. Rip, or maybe not a rip. He just punches through. Hit the inside leg. Gets get part of the tackle. So again, good job. Go through it quickly again. 
explosion, hands, leverage, extension, reading the running back, reading the running back, reading the running back, reading the running back. As he's getting to his level, step through shed. Be the first one there on the tackle. Next, the the last of the good from the game. The lot, we don't have a lot of bad. I'll be transparent. I didn't, I didn't put a lot in here. Oh, Pinocchio and Smart run stuff. Okay. Here we go. He is right here. Um, three. Looks like a tight three. They run, looks like it's maybe like a one back power type of deal. Um, so the guard vacates to pull. He goes to like skip pull, it looks like, and his left foot just catches the center. So he falls. Um, Smart, I would assume just noticing him pulling. So Smart's like, if he's reading this and if, and if Smart is Smart, what is he going to think? Okay, he's pulling, he's blocking back. Where the run going? Away from him. So now what is he going to do? Run's going away. Get get um get to the play side. Gets to the play side. Hand usage. Forks that hand. Forks the inside hand. Grabs it. Whatever you want to call it. Fork is like truly like like hands on like lifting him up. So he kind of just controls the inside hand. Control the inside hand to the wrist. Find the running back. Make the tackle. Good job by Pinnock too. Um, Pinnock looks before he kind of like this, this running back motion to tight, he followed him inside. And then once the ball is snapped and he tries like, he goes like work underneath the, the, he, he thinks he's going to work like underneath the formation. He's going to pass it off to somebody else and he just fills. So he sees everyone coming, goes to fill, gets on the tackle. So I like the aggression, I like to read there from Pinnock. Um, that's a good, it from the good from the offense, bad from the defense. Or bad from the offense, sorry. Uh, I just put Dan Brown minus his blocking. Uh, he had a uh, on that third down play, he had that fumble, um, second to last drive when he was fighting for that first down on third down. Obviously, can't fumble. Bad from defense. I only have two plays left. We're too bad from the defense. Rashid Jr. Oops. Okay, he's right here. Top edge. You want to see a little bit better reading, a little bit better awareness, obviously. This is an example. Like now this is like an exchange or something like that, where he was going to take the quarterback no matter what. And then he was going to go, not, not, not an exchange, more like that. Uh, it was like scrapes and things I was talking about. But if he was designed to take the quarterback and the linebacker was going to take the running back no matter what, or sorry, running back to quarterback, um, then it's a little bit different, but that's not how I, how I see this. Looks into the backfield. You got to read the mesh point cleanly. It's harder than it looks. Trust me. It is not easy in a game to read the mesh point, but he thinks the running back has the ball realizes, Oh shit. He doesn't have the ball <laughs> turns and folds the ability outside. But if you were to re read it cleanly, which here it's even hard, but you gotta, you gotta look ball is there. There's really not much to break down with that. Takes an angle right to folds. It's probably a sack. It's probably a really easy sack. Don't want to see that, obviously. Next. 
Um, play nine, Neesman. I said linebackers in general, it's like not filling and stuff. Uh, Neesman needs to shoot linebackers in general, off block shooting. Yeah, I talked about that before a little bit. He's right here. Watch. It's just delayed. So they run like a tight belly zone, it looks like. It's called tight zone. What is he reading? The backfield. What happens in the backfield? Running back has the ball. You're on the backside of the run. This is a very open gap. There's a running back. Take it. It's third and one. Don't be passive on third and one. If anything, you want to be over aggressive. So if anything, he wants to be like pressing and shoot like right now, like shoot through the line of scrimmage. So I don't know what the delay is here for him. Delays, delays, now shoots. It's just that extra second though that gets him the first down. Where if he was to play this, boom, hit it. It's open. Mesh point. The running back is not going to go outside of you. The mesh point's here. He has to go inside. He needs to shoot that. That's just that's just reading it. That's just reading the, the quarterback's running back's relationship, it being third and one in the situation, and then seeing the open gap, and you just got to fill it. Right here. He should be going right now. Way too delayed. They run for first down. Okay, moving on. Um, I have the special teams, and then we're going over the Panthers a little bit. Again, I said I'm going to be short with the Panthers for a uh, specific reason. So, Barrios um, overall looked pretty good. Um, two kick returns, 72 yards. One punt return, 14 yards. Uh, looked good in terms of his quickness. Looked good in terms of his reads. Um, finding open lanes. He had the one big punt return, which was called back on a holding that wasn't really involved in him getting yards. Um, Matt Amendola was one for one for his field goals, which was uh, the one was 31 yards. Um, and then he was uh, two for two extra point. Braden Mann, three punts, 154 yards. He's been m doing much better this preseason um, overall. Now, for the other things from the game, I, the only thing I said was was Hamsa. Hamsa didn't really stand out in a bad way or a good way this preseason from, from broadcast view when I watched, um, which isn't necessarily a terrible thing for a linebacker, but it's also not a good thing. For a linebacker to be quiet, it's definitely not as good as a corner being quiet. Um, now, in the run game, him being quiet, not good. Pass game, okay, that's, that's good. You know, So uh, he wasn't involved as much as I would like to see him, but he's learning uh, going from safety. And he played more deep safety to the box where, where Sherwood was a lot more box to deep. So he's learning even more than Sherwood is right now. Um, but his natural athleticism, I think he could be a pretty good player. But he wasn't really involved this preseason a lot, which you want to say. Going over the Panthers roster quickly, Donald, we know what he is. Um, not a good quarterback. Last year, one of the worst-ranked quarterbacks in the league, bottom three easily. Um, their running back position, Christian McCaffrey, the one of the top three backs in the league. You know, I know fantasy reasons say, oh, he's the best running back. Okay, but actually based on running back, is he, the, is he better than Kamara? Is he better than Henry? Um, I would say Kamara and CMC are the, are the two best because they, they offer that passing game. Um, where obviously Henry does it, but Henry still runs for like 2,000 yards, even though he can't run, uh, or even though he can't really catch passes, or he's not using that way. But still, you know, CMC coming off an injury, but one, two, or three, regardless. Um, one of the best running backs. Hubbard, rookie, not a huge factor, um, but CMC is absurdly quick, absurdly good, uh, the best receiving back in the league, bar none, um, considering health. If he is what he, what he used to be, um, which you think he, he is with all the stuff that when you see videos of him and all that stuff, he's, he's healthy. Uh, tight end Dan Arnold and Tommy Tremble. Uh, I wanted Tommy Tremble, really good uh, run blocking. Um, 
tight end offers a little bit in the passing game. Dan Arnold is an okay tight end starter, like okay, below average. Uh, looked at him a little bit for the Jets to sign him. I still would have liked to sign him, but they didn't. There's the Panthers. Uh, receivers, pretty it's, – it's, it's, it's a middle-tier receiving core. Um, it's not great. It's not bad. Um, I think maybe they can use a little bit more depth, to be honest, um, just in terms of like guys who've, who've been there before. DJ Moore, solid receiver, solid number one. Robbie Anderson, we know what he is. Um, he's working on his intermediate game a little bit with the Panthers apparently, but to be honest, I, I, if you watch the show for a while, I said for a long time, a long time, and it's, you, you've had been watching for, for a while now to see breakdowns on Robbie Anderson. I was saying he could run more intermediate and short routes than people think he could can. Now, should he be used in this short intermediate game in terms of relying on him to get like extra yards after the catch, like on a drag and stuff like that? No, not necessarily. But can he run a slant, a dig? Yes, he can. And, and that was specifically not because, not because he's a great route runner in that sense, because he is long. He's not necessarily the strongest guy and it takes that to, to build a break. But because he's afforded so much room underneath because he can run deep routes, he just has to be okay at it. And he was okay at running routes intermediate because people were so scared to get beyond deep. So he's doing that a little bit more with the Panthers. So he's probably improved a little bit just based on how they're using him more solid. Terrence Marshall jr. Apparently is doing well for them in camp and stuff like that, but he's still a rookie. Um, and then Shai Smith, you have two rookies behind the, those two top guys. So um, you got to be worried about obviously more and Anderson versus our, our corners at this point. Um, I'm, I'm pretty faithful in, in Bryce Hall to play either one of those guys relatively well, but then whatever guy he's not covering, whoever's on um, the left side versus which is going to be, or whoever's away from, from Hall. Cause I don't know if the corners are traveling or whatever this year. Can't really hundred percent tell, but usually they don't in this type of systems. Um, but whoever's away f- is away from a hey, Hall. I'm a little bit worried about, but, Still, uh, moving on, their offensive line is, is dog shit. It's, it's a bottom five unit. Cam Irving, their left tackle, not good. Pat Elfline, probably the worst starting guard in the league. I, he's, he's worse than Dan Feeney to me. He really is. He's worse than Dan Feeney. And for some reason, he's got paid like 4 or $5 million to start. Uh, I do not get it. He's terrible. Matt Paradis is bad. He was bad the last, what, two years with the Panthers. Now with the Broncos, he was solid and we actually all wanted him. He went to the Panthers and has sucked. When I watched people play the Panthers for breaking down whoever, um, he's been really, really bad with them. So um, some of these centers don't translate. You know, Spencer Long from the Redskins to the Jets didn't translate. You know, uh, Paradis from obviously uh, the Broncos, right? I'm like 99% sure it's the Broncos to the Panthers. Not a good translation. John Miller, below average guard at right guard. Taylor Moten's their only right tackle. Who's who's he's a right tackle. He's solid. He's he's a very solid player. Probably top ten right tackle, um, based on my knowledge of him. At least top half. So you have left tackle trash, left guard absolute dumpster fire, center bad. Maybe remounts a little bit, but still below average bad. John Miller right guard bad. Taylor Moten very good. So they should be able to get pressure on on the 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 uh, on that line from. Um, you know, whether it be JFM or Shaq Lawson rushing against the left tackle or anybody inside. Um, when Rankins played against Elfline a couple of years ago when he was on the Vikings, he absolutely shit on him. It was really, really bad. So if he did that again, great. And then you have Q versus Paradise or John Miller. They should be able to get pressure this game. And uh, I don't know if you guys remember, Sam Darnold is not the best quarterback at dealing with pressure and getting rid of the ball quick, quick reads, things like that. So it's a big advantage. Um, their defensive line going to the defense 
their ends. Um, Brian Burns, one of the better rushers in the league. Uh, I think he's going to take another step this year, but overall pretty good pass rusher. In terms of the run game, I'm not 100% sure, but he's relatively light, so he's probably not great at that aspect, but maybe he, he's gotten better. Maybe he's bulked up again. Um, speaking from more of a casual fan of the Panthers and you know the NFL guys, I'm obviously not watching them as much as the Jets, but in general, I know um, Burns is really good. The right defensive end, Morgan Fox, uh, Gross Matos, who was drafted what Penn State this year. Um, nothing thrilling there in terms of name value. Defensive tackle, Derek Brown, been pretty solid since he was drafted. What uh, Auburn, right? Um, so Burns, Brown, solid on the defensive line. Uh, looking at the linebackers, um, outside linebackers, you look at you're looking at Shaq Thompson, who's a solid outside linebacker, and you're looking at uh, Hassan Reddick, who got a ton of sacks last year, right? For the, uh, was it the Cardinals? And he got signed by the Panthers, right? Yeah. So Cardinals and he got signed by the Panthers for a relatively big contract Their middle linebacker, Jermaine Carter. Don't even know who that is to be completely honest. And looking at their secondary, you have Justin Burris, Justin Burris, you know, decent with the jets. And he's obviously taking steps in the right direction, but he's not, he's not a superstar. He's not top level player and then jeremy chin who uh nani i was actually just talking to nania on slack or whatever we're talking on and uh a lot of his numbers were like he was good last year as a rookie but a lot of his numbers and his and his ratings and stuff like if you're just a pff guy and you just have in pff a lot of his ratings came from like two forced fumbles um or fumble recoveries for touchdowns which are not going to happen often like for you to to pick up a, a scoop and score unless you're Ed Reed and you make it happen, it's just, it's just not really repeatable. So maybe it could happen, but to look at Jeremy Chen, like one of the top safeties in the league already, or a really good safety or even above average, I think it's a little bit of a leap. He's a guy for me who he has to, he has to show it uh, in, in year two as well. Cause um, his year one might've been a little bit fluky in terms of fumble recoveries and scooping and scoring. Um, looking at their corners. I thought I put more corners in here, but they're starting two corners. Dante Jackson, who's a decent number one. Um, from my knowledge of him and then JC Horn rookie. So I think, he, I think the, the, the secondary is not, it's nothing to write home about. It's not the dolphins. It's not the bills. It's not the Patriots. Um, it's not one of these teams, even though just get a big break in week two with um, what's his name, Gilmore being out, but um, looking at their, their defensive front, you know, it's solid with Burns and Brown, but with the linebackers, Jermaine Carter, Shaq Thompson, Hassan Reddick, like Hassan Reddick's pretty light. Shaq Thompson, I think is middle tier, but I think they should be able to run the ball. Um, on, on these guys, especially um, not towards Burns, but even Burns, I, I think he's light. I don't, I don't think he's great at run defense. I, that's, that's what I remember of him. Um, just based on his build, I, I don't think he, he could be necessarily fantastic at it. So with their tackles, they should be able to take advantage of that in the running game. Um, but going into some of the, the, the keys for the game, again, being pretty quick about it, offense, control the ball on the ground, which I said they can do against this front. Don't think it's, again, it's not, it's not top notch. Um, and it's the Jets' biggest strength right now is, is running the ball. Um, they proved it in, in the preseason, you know, against backups and things like that. But in general, those guys have been good against the run. Um, ABT was good against the run in college. I, I really think he translates. Obviously, Beckton's good against the run. Morgan's, uh, Morgan Moses is better against the run than the pass. Um, and McGovern, again, I think this is a bounce back year for, for him where he's going to be in that 12 to 15 range where last year he was lower tier. And then towards the end of the year, he started to climb back up again. Um, and this, this, this system takes advantage of his, of his strength, which is athleticism. So, um, I think they can run the ball. I think they will control the ball on the ground, uh, deep shots on the overrated young secondary, again, overrated in terms of like, I think Jeremy Chin's a little bit overrated and then, you know, Burris at strong safety, not so confident in him if I was a Panthers fan 
And then JC Horn's another young guy. So I think if you're controlling the ball on the ground, controlling the ball on the ground, that play action's going to sink in and you're going to, you're going to hit Corey Davis or Elijah Moore, or one of these guys deep. So um, I want to see some deep shots. And then obviously with every game, it goes without saying limit turnovers, ball control, um, simplify Zach Wilson's reads. Um, don't make it overcomplicated for him. Just control the team with it, with the, uh, <clears throat> on the ground and give him situations where he's not second and 10, second 11, like Donald was his all three years, you know, give him, give him those second and sixes, second and fives, you know, third and twos. Don't, don't make him in obvious passing situations on, on, um, on second and third down. So some keys from the offense, some keys from the defense, uh, get rushed with four man versus bad offensive line. That's, it's not like a, a key, but it's something they need to do and they will do. I, I believe, um, especially versus a bad a quarterback who is, sees ghosts it's not comfortable in the pocket when it breaks down now he can roll out and things like that but still get that interior pressure pinch the edges um and and force them to step up into pressure and make some bad mistakes in that pressure um now past that um for donald i would say rob some robber coverages whether it be like a, like a four robber a three robber a one robber um some people call them different like oh it's it's it could be three, like three buzz, three robber, whatever I want to call it. I really don't care. Or four robber or one cut, but I want to see some robbers in the field. Um, I want to, and I want to see some guys peel into coverages. That was one of his biggest like weaknesses or like when guys would initially be in an intermediate or short zone. And then like on a smash concept or whatever it may be when they gained depth and peeled, um, kind of peeled off the line of scrimmage or went from again, short to deep. He just did not see guys underneath. He never did. So I want to see robbers. I want to see people peeling into coverage um, to, to confuse him. And in general, with the coverage, mine is just peeling and robbing. I want to see an inside-out defense. I want, to see, I want to see more guys playing tighter to the line of scrimmage, um, wherever the coverage may be, which we'll, we'll, we'll figure out when they actually play. Um, but Donald was a guy who was more successful over the middle. Um, and him throwing outside the numbers, especially with his, with his mechanics has some inaccuracies because of it. Uh, I want to see him beat us there, you know, instead of just nickel and diming us over the middle with DJ Moore, DJ Moore, DJ Moore, Anderson over the middle. Like I want to see again, Jets play inside out, not outside in. Um, so with that, even I said robbers and stuff like that, but if you are going to play outside in, throw a robber in there. Cause then he's going to be like, Oh, guys open over the middle. Boom. You know, Marcus may hopefully, and other than that, um, in terms of the, uh, I, I wrote another thing too. Um, oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's another thing with Donald. I want to see him bend, uh, the, the bend, but don't break defense. So make him nickel and dime you don't, don't press Robbie Anderson. Don't press DJ Moore and let him get that one deep shot to get his confidence. I want to see him nickel and dime, nickel and dime, nickel and dime, because he's not a quarterback who we've seen in, in his, in his years to be able to do that. He's going to make a mistake. So Inside out and give them a little, like give them, some, give them some cushion though. If that like makes sense, like it, kind of, it was kind of go against each other, but um, there, obviously there's different plays and you can't just do the same thing every play. So um, I want to see him nickel and dime, you know, conservative defense versus Arnold. Um, just trying to make it not over the middle. If it is over the middle, problem. Other than that, uh, you know, hope our linebackers can hold up in the run game. We talked about that in just the recent weeks against the Packers and and the Giants. All these teams backups, they're running the ball on us. So you have to, to hope the linebackers can improve. And then obviously, I think the, the running defense, the run defense will get better. One with Shaq Lawson, who is a good run defender. Q, good run defender. 
but you have to worry a little bit about and, and if Fado Class is in there, great. But if it's like Rankins and and JFM, they get a little bit more sketchy. I think JFM might be better on the edge than than in the interior, holding up against double teams in, in the run game. But it, in general, I want to see get a hope, if the hope they can hold up. Um, but even more so the linebackers because they're so light and, and experienced. Um, <clears throat> and then with the linebackers too, versus CMC, uh, I don't think you put linebackers on them. I, I just don't even homsa guys are athletic, but. Uh, I think for me, I would like to see them dedicate Mayor Jornar to the box, um, to Christian McCaffrey, just in general. Let that let them play him. You know, Jornar has played man versus receivers, and he's as good as a receiver is in the, in the receiving game. He really is. Or May, who would at least do a better job than Hamsa or Sherwood. If you put Sherwood on CMC, good luck. And if you put Mosley, like Mosley's good enough, but he's not good enough for CMC. Like he'll limit him. He will not stop him. Nobody's going to stop him. But I think Mayor Jordan have a better chance than than Mosley. But it needs to be one of those three. Mosley, I, I, you could get away with it. He'll beat him. He'll beat him a time or two. But if it's Sherwood or Hamsa, Blake Cashman, you are you are you, excuse my French, but you're fucked. But with all that being said, I'm going through the game pretty quickly. My score prediction: Jets twenty four, Panthers twenty. I'm picking the Jets to win. I cannot. Pick them to lose this game. Um, this season is good. It, they cannot go 0-2 um, to start the year. It would just be a big downer going into Denver week three. Um, and this is a game where I think they're like minus five points, five and a half points. I think that's I think that's more of like the the, the same old Jets type deal because where are the Panthers so much better than the Jets? I don't I don't get it. This is is you know Donald's now such a good so uh, such a good quarterback that he can take advantage of his weapons versus bad Jets corners. Like, is this offensive – like, and then you look at the other side, like, offensive line. This offensive line is good enough to block the Jets' defensive front with Quinn Williams and Shovel Rankins and JFM. So, I don't I don't get how they're five-and-a-half point favorites. If they were, like, two-three because of the home field advantage, more of, like, a split, like, an even game, I get it. But the Panthers are really a, a five-point spread team better than the Jets. I, I don't I don't see it. But I'm taking the Jets 24-20. I'd be absolutely thrilled. Um, now, with that being said, going to the Pickums, which for the Pickums, um, we have, again – Please send me your picks. Um, I would prefer to not have to reach out to people. Um, and even if you don't listen to the whole show, the people in the pick should know by now. Go to the end of the show. Go to the last 15, 20 minutes, whatever it is, 10 minutes, probably five minutes, really, of me doing the pick I, I just kind of say the games quickly and go over it a tiny bit and then pick a game. I appreciate you emailing me. You, again, you guys know where. Either Twitter, jrb 31 Joe Peary Blue at JetsXFactor.com. All you guys who were in it last year were pretty much in it, minus Verge. So... Uh, Verge, you know my email because I believe I emailed you before. Uh, email me your picks. I'd appreciate it. Same uh, for Kyle. Um, Rob, Rob was in it last year. Tom was in it last year. Matt was in it last year. Uh, Cartman, I'm not calling you Dr. Assassin or Dark Assassin. I'm calling you Cartman now. It's easier. So Cartman, you know where. Uh, I think he usually DMs me. Uh, Verge, Vinny, Nania, and Sabo are both in it. So you have to beat Sabo, Nania, um, and I, and maybe even Kyle to, to win that free year, uh, shirt, whatever we're going to do, maybe just two shirts, maybe a free, I, I, I don't know. We'll figure it out, but to win the prize, whatever the prize is going to be, um, the games that I picked uh, again, week one teams aren't established yet. And like everybody's kind of hyped up. So I, I think a lot of these games are going to be good in general too. Um, minus the hype, just based on what I legitimately think of these teams. So Jets and Panthers taking Jets 24, 20. If you guys want to throw your Jets scores in there too for these pickums, you could do that as well. Um, maybe maybe not. Just do the pickums. I, I don't want to track everything. It's too hard to track all that stuff. Um, but I'm playing the Jets. The next game, Charters at the football team. 
Um, I think Chargers, like they're the hype team, but the the Redskins defensive front is so strong. I at home, I, I see the I see the Redskins winning it, and I think with a quarterback like Dwayne Haskins or whoever they had, you know, Kyle Allen last year, Fitzpatrick is a step up from them. So you're looking at a team with Curtis Samuel, Tyre McLaurin, uh, Gibson. Like they have a good offense, solid offensive line, really good defense. Um, I like Herbert. I like the direction the Chargers are going, but their offensive front's not strong enough. I don't think they take the, the Redskins. I'm taking the Redskins. Next game, Seahawks at Colts. I don't like taking the Seahawks on the road, on the road but with Wentz, with – I think he's uh, – is he playing week one? Even if, even if he is, I'm not 100% sure he could take on the Seahawks and their offense. Um, I'm taking the Seahawks just simply with that one. Um, the Vikings at the Bengals, while I like um, – I like Joe Burrow – they haven't surrounded him. I, I think as well they should have the offensive line. I think their defense is t- taking something in the right direction, but I'm still taking the Vikings um, on the road in Cincinnati. Cardinals at Titans. I would have taken the Cardinals if their corners were a little bit better, but I know they're struggling at their cornerback position right now. They don't have a lot there. Um, and the Titans obviously have Julio Jones and A.J. Brown, so I'm going to take, take the Titans. I think they can run on them a little bit as well. I don't think their defensive front's great. Um, minus well, what J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones, but in terms of run game, I think they can control the ball on the ground a little bit with Derrick Henry as well. Um, Eagles at Falcons next game. I am taking the Falcons Eagles. I don't think are very good. Um, and the Falcons have a lot of, a lot of weapons on, on offense with well, Ridley, really Ridley and, and, uh, and Pitts. But I just think the Falcons are not really a strong reason for that one, but I think they will. Um, Browns at chiefs, uh, really, really good game, but if the Browns were home, I would probably take the Browns, but I'm taking the Chiefs. You know, Browns, I think, are probably minus quarterback, the better roster. Um, the Browns have an elite roster. They do. They probably have minus the Bucks and just minus quarterbacks. Minus the quarterbacks, I think the Browns probably have the second best roster in the league, minus the Buccaneers. The Browns roster is absolutely stacked. The Chiefs are also good, though, and they have Patrick Mahomes and their home, so I'm taking the Chiefs. Next game, Packers at Saints. Um this is the quarterback type matchup. I think the, the rosters are relatively even. Um, Saints are obviously still really good in a couple of spots, but Packers have Rodgers. I'm taking Rodgers on the road um, in New Orleans or wherever they're playing. They're not playing in New Orleans, right? Or at, they're not playing at their stadium, at least. Um, second to last game, Broncos at the Giants. I'm taking the Broncos. I kind of want to take the Giants here. I was kind of flip-flopping on this one a lot, but um, the Broncos defense and and, Van, and Fangio versus uh, – versus, uh, oh, well, Oh, yeah. No, so sorry. 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 Yeah. Their defense versus Daniel Jones is, is what's going to win that game for me. I, I think I think they forced Daniel Jones to a pick or two um, or fumble. And the last game, Dolphins at the Patriots. Um, I went with the home team. I think if, if, if this was in in Miami, I'm taking the Dolphins. But because it's at home, um, I think the, the, the Pats win it. And the biggest reason for the Pats beating the Dolphins is Tua, young quarterback, Bill Belichick, plus it being in, in, in New England. I'm, I'm taking the Pats. Um, so to recap, I went uh, Jets over Panthers, uh, the football team over the Chargers, the Seahawks over the Colts, the Vikings over the Bengals, the Titans over the Cardinals, the Falcons over the Eagles, the Chiefs over the Browns, the Packers over the Saints, the Broncos over the Giants, and the um, Patriots over the Dolphins. Uh, Nani actually did too. Um, I can give you his picks real quick. Um, even though I'm not going to do this every week, but it's a first week. Nani picked the Jets to lose 24 to 21 don't like it and then he went with the uh football team 
over the Chargers. He went with the Seahawks over the Colts. He went with Cincinnati over the Bengals. So we're different on that one. He went with the Titans over the Cardinals, same as me. Um, Falcons over the Eagles. Uh, Browns over the Chiefs. Uh, Green Bay over the Saints. Denver over the Giants. And New England um, over the Dolphins. So we're different on the Vikings Bengal games. I have Vikings, he has Bengals, and then we're different on the Browns Chiefs. I have Chiefs, he has he's Browns. So send me your picks. Can't wait to do this for the rest of the year. Can't wait to break down the game. Can't wait to see some of you guys in uh Carolina. And uh I'll talk to you either live stream, not this Thursday, because this Thursday, um again, I'll be in or going not going to Carolina, actually I'll be at a wedding. I would be in Carolina probably Wednesday if I could, but I'm going Friday because I have a wedding to go to. Um, or, or Wednesday and Thursday, I'll be at, a, I'll be at the, the wedding, but, um, I'll see you down there and not this Thursday, the next Thursday, I'm doing the live stream. And before that, I might have the film review out. I'm not sure. It'll probably be that Friday though. So I'll see you soon. And after the start of the season, after week one, every single Thursday, I'll be here alternating guests or hosts between Kyle, Nania, Sabo, sometimes Kyle, Nania, and maybe Sabo. So uh, I'll be talking to you guys soon.